Hello. Welcome to the Book of Medora. I'm Crystal. With me is uh, Monica. Hello. And Cameron. Hi. We have so many emails. We we have a, we have a few. We we've we have got so a, many emails. We've got a couple. You know. I did not even solicit emails for this episode because we have we have plenty. Got a ton. Do we have like a tweet out there that we have to address as well? I don't think so. I feel like no, we I, do. I did no. not make one specific because I knew we would have plenty plenty to to answer. But did we try to record this before? No, no. Set up we, a question. We didn't put up a question for it, no. Okay, just checking. Thank God. Good. I think, did we run How's out of images doing? of Postman? I think we're doing pretty good. It's been a hot minute since our last episode. It's been a minute because we, we did the four Metroid games and then it was a month of Eidolon shit, like two months of Eidolon shit. But now we're yeah. back. The Eidolon's done. Eidolon's dead. Long live Eidolon. Eidolon Pop and Eidolon Rock are complete. We're never, ever making another episode of those. They are in the mausoleum now. But what, what's next for Eidolon? I know, that, I know that Luke isn't going to just let it sit. Oh, we're going to do a whole summer of miniseries, and then we're going to do Eidolon Season 3. Jesus Christ. Eidolon Samba. Eidolon Samba. I kind of like that. Well, that's, I'm trying to think if I, I can say the names of. Se- I don't think I can say the names of season three yet. I don't think I'm I can just keep to. on guessing. Yeah, yeah. I, we understand. NDAs are pretty disco. serious. I will be sued by Luke if I say uh, <laughs> the Eidolon. Eidolon Macarena. I, I, Luke's coming for the whole bank account, but that's okay because we're we're definitely going to uh, not do none of that. Eidolon. Ska. Monica, I'm going to Sorry. I'm going to bleep out all of your suggestions for the names of the next season of Eidolon, just in case any of them are right, so that Luke doesn't have any justification for suing Crystal. But I just don't know any of it. Yeah, I know. That's why yours is the most dangerous guess of all. I'll just keep on guessing music and or dance. Also, Ska is pretty high up there on likelihood of Luke picking it. Eidolon Jazz. Stop it. Jesus Christ, we don't have to do this. So... I'm sure that many of our listeners were expecting that our next episode would be the extravaganza Metroid Other M episode, but that's been delayed. No, no, we were. We I know do that's Other M first. We were supposed to do Metroid Dread. Five. Five. That's the joke. The sequel okay. to Metroid Fusion. Yes, but there's also the uh, pre-makeable Other M, which we have to get to at some point. After. After. Okay. Yes, but we've got. Very busy uh, game slates. There's too many video games. Has anybody considered that? They started uh-huh. releasing video games again. They did. Like, Crystal, I know you're playing Elden Ring. Yeah, the name of the video game that From Software just released is called Eldy Reldy. Eldy Reldy. And there's Skeldy Beldies in there, and they're going to break your head. Eddie, there's uh, the Tarnished, the Two Fingers. Why is it Two Fingers? Uh, there's reasons for that. Oh, okay. The other fingers are gone. Were they wearing the ring? Uh, it's ambiguous. I'm not very far in. Yeah, the ambiguity in a From Soft game for its storytelling. I don't. I'm. Hmm. I watched I, the I triad. The, yeah, there's a triad. No, the ad from Thailand. I haven't seen that one. Oh, watch. Jesus Christ. Okay, you don't have to watch it right now, but I'm going to go ahead and link it to you. I pull that up real quick. It's I, I may have somewhat spoiled it. Yes, you did. <laughs> I'm sorry. Quite a lot. But anyway. 
Crystal, you should watch it. But not right now, necessarily. Leave Crystal alone. Okay. I'm watching it. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. She I think- dropped the ring. Damn, shattered by someone or something. It was Grandma. Yeah, Grandma's ring. Grandma's jade ring. This is a very intense drama. <laughs> to to the listeners who don't know what the heck is going on, it's not immediately clear that this is an Elden Ring advertisement. And by not immediately, they not don't at all. They don't drop the pretense of this being some kind of soap opera until three minutes into this four minute advertisement. This aired on television. Yeah, it's apparently. Apparently, yes. They have four it minute ads ad. in Thailand. I I guess it could also be an internet ad. Yeah, it could be an internet ad. Like when I when when what part are you at, Crystal? Uh, Argyll the Flying Dragon, one oh six. Uh huh. So you're not to the part yet. Let me um keep narrating. Yeah, the 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 kids are fighting in their uh, Halloween costumes. It's a skeleton versus a swordsman. It's the memories <laughs> of a guy in a car. He's smiling, thinking of his happy childhood memories, where he's pretending to be a tarnished from the video game LD Reldy. The sun is going down. There's also some bad memories in here, like his mom yelling at him as he's just riding in the back of his car. But he has uh, he's arrived at his destination. He's clearly having complex feelings looking at this tree as it uh, it's as a sign on it that says, Dear Golden Air Tree. He's praying to the tree as a child, but he's also looking at it as an adult when it's a dead tree. Uh-huh. And now uh, the parents are yelling at each other over the, the ring. They're all fighting over it, just like the, uh, the, the children of Queen America in Elden Ring. It's sort of bringing the story of Elden Ring that George R. R. Martin wrote into a modern-day context. Uh-huh. A K-drama. Or a Thai drama. Yeah, rather. Thai drama. Now the guy's showing up and he's like, you guys need to stop fighting. We're all family. Why are you fighting over this shattered ring? Don't you look at the tree outside. <laughs> look at the tree. Where's grandma? Grandma's gone. They're fighting forces to run away from home. Everyone realizes that they've been silly for fighting. Grandma's back now. She says she's not going anywhere. And everything will be fine when the tarnished returns. Now the epic music is playing. The Elden Ring rune is in his eyeball. Yeah. And now they're showing the actual video game. God. There, there's a scene in there where the kid pretends to ride a horse named Torrent. And when that part played, I realized what this was. And I started to turn into the Joker. <laughs> I didn't know the name of the horse in Elden Ring. So I just went, strange. That doesn't seem like a Thai childhood tradition. You know, pretending you're a knight riding on a a horse, a cardboard horse. Mm-hmm. Seems a bit Western. So, Crystal, I feel like this commercial taught us the basics of the story of Elden Ring. Yeah, I, th- this suggests that the Tarnished is uh, Queen Merica's grandchild, which might be true. I don't know if that's true. I mean, there's there's different ways that you can interpret it, I suppose. But yes, that is the story of Elden Ring. Queen Merica was killed. All her kids fought over the shards of the Elden Ring. And now you've shown up to uh, break up the fighting by killing them and becoming the Elden Lord. Man, that is a very Miyazaki kind of story. Yeah, they invoke the name of Hidetaka Miyazaki and George R.R. R. Martin. They sure do. What? Yeah, they- In the game? No, 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 in the commercial. Oh, yeah. I think my favorite part- Go ahead. Crystal, go ahead. I was going to say it's funny that uh, the game, neither the game nor the box has Martin's name on it at all. Oh, really? Yes. 
I mean, he's just an advertising partner, basically, right? He's just the guy who Miyazaki emailed. I love to email. And wrote like a 50-word treatment. <laughs> they had they had like some kind of like back and forth co-writing thing. And then Miyazaki was like, hey, can I use this for my game? George is like, okay. Yeah, that'll do it. Now, in fairness, George writing his half of that two-page treatment did take him six months of hard labor. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. I'm taking the piss out of how slow George is at writing sometimes. I, I think my favorite part of that commercial is right at the end where uh, grandson is saying to grandma, grandma, hit this button now. And she's like, you think I'm some kind of newbie? Watch and learn, kid. And she's just mashing really hard on R3 the entire time that she's talking. Which one's That's R3? That's how you win. Oh, dodge? N- no, no. I, I actually don't know what R3 does in this game. But she was mashing Isn't that lock on? Maybe. But she wasn't pressing, like, circle to dodge. R3 is clicking the stick in. Yes. What does that do? That, lock that locks on. Oh, okay. Well, she yes. was locking on and locking off quite a lot. And it just amused me. Grandma's playing on another level completely. Grandma's living. Zelda, the Legend of Zelda is a series um, inspired by the the Wizardry series, which I guess also inspired Elden Ring. That's our segue. I'd say that there are certain elements of Elden Ring and all of Miyazaki's works, which owe a certain amount to Zelda. Yeah, Elden Ring is a sequel to Breath of the Wild, which came out five years ago. That's true. I keep on hearing that. Why is that? Uh, because the design of the world is very similar to Breath of the Wild. Are there Korok seeds? Eh, kind of. Mm-hmm. Can you go straight towards the final boss and fight them while you're badly underleveled? Yep. Well, I don't know where the final boss is, but you can definitely go to places you are not uh, prepared to be in. Oh, yeah. That's the good stuff. <laughs> Speed runs for this game are going to turn out to be very interesting. Oh, God, there's too many video games. And they're taking away time from Metroid is what we were coming back around to. So we're not going to be. I'm going to I'm going to boot up Metroid Dread tonight. I will do it. (gasps) Okay. No rush. Okay. No rush. We're in no hurry. I will put the cart in my Nintendo Switch and I will go uh, kill Birdman. Yes. Whoop that Birdman's ass. I mean, I've beaten the game in two hours, so I'm pretty sure you can do it too. It's not a very long game. It's not. The first time I you play through it, it might take you 12 to 15 hours, but it's a pretty swift, easy, not easy, but it's a swift replay. I don't remember how long it took me the first time. A chunk. 15. Something like that. Yeah. But yes, we'll get around to doing more Metroid at another time. Right now, we're going to be doing... Some Legend of Zelda questions that were sent in to the podcast email, bookofmedorapodcast at gmail.com. Our first email comes in from Dylan from February 25th, 2021. <laughs> Jesus, Lord oh, it's Christ. it's been over a year. Dylan, thank you for your patience. Dear Chris Lamont and Cameron, I was playing Spirit Tracks and listening to your podcast, and I had just gotten to the Fire Realm. I was wondering if the god that the Goron's goddess is, the Dodongo, and I think we've of read time, this already. Oh, we have? Yeah, it's but uh, the reason that I say that is because of the Zelda joke if you scroll down so Cam and Monica don't see it. Oh, okay, that'll be the joke for this episode. Okay. I'm gonna remember that. The next most recent email is from Janu- June 6, 2021. Okay. From Jackson. 
Hi, it's me again. I would like to suggest some podcast episodes because I love this show and I want it to keep going. Could you do a Cadence of Hyrule episode or an episode discussing the canonicity of the Tingle series? Oh, Jesus. I, I'm interested in those Tingle games. I'm, I admit that I'm interested. I'm curious. Yes, I did a little bit of playing in the Tingle series and it is, it is strange. It's very strange. The Zelda series is no stranger to strangeness, of course. But it's it's extra peculiar outside of that. Oh, I see. I think some of my interest was killed because there's a bit of like negotiating with townspeople. Oh. Via rupees. And I think there's specific targets that you have to hit, which you could then just look up. Yeah. I don't know. There's- but if you, if you under hit it, you'll lose all your rupees. Something, something. Look. If Hylia hadn't wanted us to use strategy guides, she wouldn't have made them in the first place. Fair enough. Fair enough. I guess we could put it all together and Cadence of Hyrule as well. So like a side game episode? Uh Uh-huh. What do you think, Crystal? I would be interested in that, yes. Okay, a side game episode. We would just have to decide what games go on it. I'm I'm checking if the uh, the second single game has been translated. I think it has. Yes, it has been fan translated. Oh, we do love fan translations, especially when they like translate real liberally and sprinkle in the f bomb where possible, and have each yes. everyone call each other bastards. Hell yes! Oh yeah! So yes, yes, we could certainly record more Zelda episodes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Jackson, we're going to do that. And see, what we're going to discover is that uh, Tingle, the Tingle series, actually has a lot of secrets to the lore that connects to the main series. I think so. I think that's what we're going to discover. There's going to be some, like, one item description that is going to completely upend the timeline. That's very deadly. I mean, it's happened before. I'm not ready for this. I am. I mean, it happens so frequently on this podcast. Hey, do you know we're coming up on, like, when did we start this, Crystal? It Was, was it in 2017? That is correct. You know we're coming up on our fifth anniversary for this podcast? <laughs> oh. No. What? Yeah, I did know that because we started shortly after Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Ah. Well, Monica, it's not like we've been doing this on a regular once every two week schedule. I know, but it's very strange just to think that kids that were born <laughs> at the start of this are, are talking yeah. coherently. Uh-huh. Yeah, kids they're that going- were born at the start of this will be the target audience for the next Zelda game. <laughs> oh, do you mean the se- the game after the sequel to Breath of the Wild? No, I'm talking about the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which began development uh, three years ago. It sure did. It seems like it may have just flat out begun development back in 2019, huh? Yes, I think Bastards. that is what happens. Uh, well, on the other hand, it, yeah, I... I we don't... need a new round of betting. Yeah, I, I, I think that, Crystal, I'm not sure if you're going to end up winning that bet. For our, our our listeners who are up on the continuity of the podcast, Crystal originally bet that Breath of the Wild 2 would launch in 2022 alongside the Switch 2, and it looks like ni- none of that will be lining up for this year because of COVID and COVID-related reasons. And It is Cam my current guessed- prediction that Breath of the Wild, the sequel to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, will release in holiday 2023. But not alongside the Switch 2. God in heaven. I will say March 2023. You know what? I'm going to be, for, for this time, I'll be 
the overly optimistic one. I'm going to say summer or autumn 2022. Wait, this year? Yep. Didn't Crystal guess this year, though? She did. Right. So you can't guess this year. Well, if we're that's doing still a second, valid. We're doing a second round. No, that's assuming that it's not coming out this year. Oh, okay. Well, in that case- If there- it comes out this year, Crystal's won. Yeah. Unless you can't Age of Calamity, in which case I won. Well, in that case, I'm betting that they win. There. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. I think I also bet that I will win. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm for that. Okay. Well, I'll I'll adjust to March. Here's the thing. They did release Age of Calamity, which is uh, as about as fully featured of a Zelda story as anyone could hope for. Yeah, that's true. It did come out in 2020. 2020. Yeah. So, in a sense, we got a Breath of the Wild sequel in 2020. Uh-huh. So, in that sense, that part of the bet is already over. I guess. It's not the game that we were talking about when we made the bet, but if someone had bet that we would get a Fire Emblem Three Houses sequel in summer of 2022, they would also win that bet. Yes, that's true. Oh my God, what are we doing? How did we get here? This mailbag, is- mailbag. This is why this is why this happens. Wait, didn't they I, they gave the year 2022 in the last trailer, didn't they? They did. Yeah, I don't that believe you, that, but they did do <laughs> that's that. That's the means the next year. They super did the that. Release. It was God, when, when was that trailer? Last year. Yeah, but when E3. Last, E3. Was it E3? E3. Yeah. Okay. So they were betting sometime within that next 18-month window and I remember um I think it was Bill Trennan saying that we would hear more about the game sometime within the next year or months he corrected it to. So, I don't know. I don't fucking know. It's not like this year doesn't have enough video games. It has too many video games. I don't know. I feel like maybe I've done Dylan wrong. It's been long enough that I'm not sure if we actually answered the question, but I remember the don't scroll down past this part. Well, let's go through the the question. We can re-answer it and compare. Is that okay, Chris? Your question answered twice. Yes. Okay. Dear Crystal, Monica, and Cameron, I was playing Spirit Tracks and listening to your podcast, and I had just gotten to the Fire Realm. I was wondering if the god that the Gorn's goddess is the Dudongo in Ocarina of Time, whose skeleton forms the Dudongo's cavern, and was giant Dudongo who ascended to godhood after dying. Love your podcast and hope you can prove me wrong or right. Well... I don't think that we can prove you wrong or right. I feel like we've had this conversation where the conclusion we came to was that after the massive demonic war that caused everyone to flee uh, the land that became Hyrule the or th- flee to the land that's currently Hyrule. I forget exactly how our timeline worked out, but um, Jesus Christ. My idea was that they were carried by that giant Dodongo, the mother of the mountain. Did we talk about this being like cloudy with a chance of meatballs? I think we did. Like she, the idea was that the Dodongo carried the Gorons to Hyrule on her back and died and her body became Death Mountain. I feel like we did talk about this like cloudy with a chance of meatballs because when I was in grade three, I was asked to guess the ending to that book Uh when it wasn't a movie yet. And my guess was that they had to get off the island and a giant whale washed ashore and they used the whale's bones to craft a, a ship to sail away, which was kind of gross. And the answer was they used, like, sandwiches. Oh. 
to craft a, a boat, but that didn't make much sense to me. Anyway, I was the closest, I feel. Well, I feel Did like we I'm just the, the wrinkle that in the uh, UK English translation, the mountain goddess is referred to as mountain spirits. Hmm. No, no, I don't think we did. That's a big, big sensor. Mountain spirits, plural? Yes, plural. Oh, interesting. That is very different. I think we did also talk about it being interesting that the Goran worship a, a very unanimously clear feminine goddess figure. Because all the Gorans are identifiably male? Yes. Yeah. I, 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 I still like my uh, our collective theory that Death Mountain is the mountain goddess's corpse. Uh-huh. I also like that idea. Yeah. Carried the Gorons on her back. They're kind of her children, in a sense. Born from the rock. So Death Mountain because she died there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clean as you want. I, I hope that worked as well the second time, Dylan. <laughs> so our, our next one comes in from Jackson. No relation to the previous Jackson. Hello, Cameron, Monica, and Crystal. I just have a general question that doesn't necessarily need to be answered, but I'm genuinely curious about. Why does Cam hate Raru so much? Oh, you son. Is it a PTSD type thing? Does he just not like the character? What's wrong with him building the Temple of Time by himself? Just curious. Sincerely, Jackson. P.S. Do you think you could redo the Ocarina of Time episode as you did with Breath of the Wild? I feel like there are more things that you could get to, and I would love to, for Monica to say what she wants to say. Thanks. I mean, that's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah, we so could do like- Ocarina of Time 3D. Now, now there's yes. three people. Yeah, yeah, We yeah. could certainly remake some of the previous... <laughs> Non-Monica episodes. Uh-huh. If Nintendo can do it, we can do it. that's the one you have the most to say about. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Ah. <laughs> Cameron's deal okay. with Raru. Why is he such? Why is he such a piece of shit? You know, it's funny. As I was reading them, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, "Wait, do I hate Raru that much?" Because in my head, I was like, "What's offensive about him?" Like, I I know people make all these jokes about him, like changing your clothes and whatnot, but I can't remember. And then it's like, "What's wrong with him building the Temple of Time by <laughs> himself?" Son of a bitch! Oh my god. Um. Okay. So the. <laughs> So I just really don't like the idea that in a setting where there is an ungendered creation myth with a feminine understanding of divinity filtered through the worship of Hylia, that at some point somebody decided to say, you know who actually built all this stuff that predates uh, pretty much life itself? A man, a man with a funny beard. And it's like, uh, uh, single-handedly constructed the Temple of Time. Fuck you. The Temple of Time was around in Skyward Sword. I I don't, I can't take it. I, there's. Is it worse or funnier if this is just stuff that Raru claims? It's, it's not ascribed to him by someone else. He's like, yeah, I did it. I assume that it's just what he claimed. It's, well, the, the idea that he built it himself is from the encyclopedia, right? Or maybe he Which, was said in the Historia first. Which, uh, both, strictly speaking, non-canon. Uh-huh. What? Absolutely. Yes, it is a claim in the Historia. What? What was that uh-huh about? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not canon, I guess. But what, there's what no reason we... to disbelieve it. What's this funny that, about? you don't like it. <laughs> it's not just that I don't like it. It goes against our understanding of the history of the setting. 
Do we want to propose that the ancient sages somehow predate the war with the demons? I mean, listen, the sealed temple was around, but it wasn't the temple of time as we know it. In that same thing, don't aren't the sages also credited with creating the Master Sword since this predated Skyward Sword? Yeah, probably. And point of fact, the story I feel it came like- out alongside Skyward Sword. I don't think it claims that. That claim is from a link to the past. A power mightier than the Master Sword, or a power surpassing the Master Sword, ascribed to Ra Ru. Crystal, how canonical do you think it is to ascribe a power surpassing the Master Sword to any mortal characters in this setting? Why does this power have to surpass the Master Sword? I'm fairly sure that's in the text. Let's look it up. Okay. I, I'll find our copy of it. I'll, okay. be, I'll be right back. Angry Cam is my favorite version of Cam. We have a lot of Zelda books so right now Zelda underneath books. our coffee table. But I think this one is also actually on the bookshelf. He's stomping off. He wants to me to clarify that he's not actually stomping. Crystal, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Raru? Yeah, I mean, he's a Rome and all the Romes are... Uh, Gapora is okay. I'm, I'm, I'm neutral on Raru. I think it's fine for him to build the temple. It is a little silly that he apparently built it all by himself. But I think that's silly and not uh, offensive to me. This is specifically about the Temple of Time and not the Light Temple. Yes, it said that he cre- the specific phrasing is that he created the Second Temple of Time. Rauru constructed a new Temple of Time on the ruins of the Sealed Temple and made the Master Sword a key for passage into the Sacred Realm. So that's basically. A lot for- <laughs> He he constructed the lock that the Master Sword would be the key for. That's a lot. That's a lot. He's a Sage of Light. I, I It's locked with the Sacred Stones and the Ocarina of Time. And and are we just saying that he, he set up this key and then just handed everything off? That was the royal family. I think this is supposed to predate the uh, foundation of the royal family. Uh, but... I can't find the bastard thing. Cameron, I think I found the passage that you're looking for, though. Crystal's found the passage that you're looking for. He's coming over now. Thank you, Crystal. I'm glad that you've got it. Encyclopedia, page 25. Borrowing the name of the legend, Rauru constructed a new temple of time on the ruins of the sealed temple and made the Master Sword a key for passage into the sacred realm. Since only someone worthy could pull the sword from the pedestal, it would keep those unworthy of the Triforce from entering the Sacred Realm. So what no. Rauru made is not the Master Sword. He made a lock designed for the Master Sword to open. And my thought on this is, to me, it would be either the royal family involved or a unified effort between all of the races to, to make a building like that and to have the pieces to open the door handed off. I know that this is in the Historia rather than the Encyclopedia, the thing that I'm thinking of. Okay, let me go and look. Okay. I'm venturing now. In the Historia, it says, Rauru, colon, the sage who created the Temple of Time in eras long past. Yeah, yeah, this isn't a passage that's about Rauru specifically, I don't but think. But you, know, you don't necessarily have to read that as he specifically put all the brick and mortar and pestle in there himself. It's just that, you know... They're doing auteur theory on him, just like Hidetaka Miyazaki made Dark Souls. Rauru was like the main architect of this Temple of Time project. Yeah, okay. Auteur theory. 
Huh. Yeah. I think that it's been since our last episode um, that that interview came out. I think it was with Aonuma and Fujibayashi where they talk about how no single person is actually that important for, oh, thank God, Monica found it, for the design of any given Zelda game, that Zelda games are produced by the culture of the Zelda team. I like that. That makes sense to me. While Cam flips through the Historia right now. Yeah, y'all should go on with... um, Next question. Next question. I'll, I'll, I'll get back to this in a minute, Jackson. Crystal, will you do the honors? Sure. Uh, I have a screenshot from Monica and an email titled Link in the Sky and Breath of the Wild 2 trailer is Skyward Sword Link. <laughs> this was so long ago, I don't remember. I got it. Oh. I, I found it. Hyrule Historia, page 77. Okay. Raru, the Sage of Light, constructed the Sim- Temple of Time which contained the only existing entrance to the sacred realm where the Triforce was located. With power stronger than both time and the Master Sword, Raru sealed the sacred realm. (laughs) Okay, yeah, you're right. He's such a big, strong man with his big manly (laughs) arms, which is a phrasing that I just remembered you used in the past, Crystal. (laughs) So power greater than the Master Sword. We discussed this. This was probably done by the first Zelda. Yeah. Power greater than time and the Master Sword. He's way stronger than the Master Sword, you guys. It's just so (laughs) manly. I don't hate Raru as he's presented in the games, but whoever was writing or translating the Hyrule Historia has put him in a place where this is only possible that he is the one who spread this idea about himself, and it makes him a motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're going to have videos about who would win, Raru or Saitama. Yeah. I mean... Saitama has defeated all his enemies with one punch, but Raru is stronger than both time and the Master Sword. He's stronger than time. Stronger than time. But time is highly his domain. Yeah, but there's so there's only very few people who are so strong that they can ignore frozen time. Yeah. Saitama might be one of them, which means Raru and Saitama are on the same level. I'm glad you answered that, Cameron. Oh my! Uh, it, oh, here's how we we could fix this. What if Raru is like an old Link? Uh, didn't we decide that he might be Zelda's dad? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely modeled after the king archetype. But what if that's what Link ages into? Oh, that's horrible! Link turning into a Hyrulean king is the worst reading of Link I've ever heard in my life. That poor kid. I hope he doesn't turn into no Hyrulean king. That's canon, Zelda too. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, like, Link from Skyward Sword. No, I don't think it's a Skyward Sword Link. Well, maybe it could be. He did have the Triforce. The Triforce is a power stronger than Time and the Master Sword. Yeah, he used the Triforce to do it, and then so, he became so... Raru. <laughs> okay. The That's why he makes those clothes for Link. Yeah. I also, oh, yeah. It's just his old pair of clothes. I also like the idea that it actually is Gabora. And Zelda like passes this idea down about him just to embarrass the shit out of him. And it's like, oh yeah, Dad, I see all that stuff you were doing with your big manly arms. And he's like, Zelda, please. And she's like, no, 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 I'm writing it down over here. I do enjoy that. Maybe, I, maybe, I, uh, yeah, Zelda passed down this legend to uh, make sure her dad had a big place in history. Yeah, it's the legend of Zelda. Yeah, it's legend of Zelda, who is the author of the legend. <laughs> God, that's a much better version of the story. I remember this email now. 
Link in the Sky in the Breath of the Wild 2 trailer is Skyward Sword Link. I sent this. I said this. Uh Uh-huh. The idea is that it's a separate Link on the ground versus the one in the sky. Yes. Uh, And I had, in the conversation that I captured to to talk about this, which I thought would be really shortly after I sent this email, Uh I said, Crystal, it's like your ass creeds. And Crystal, you said, the first Link and the last Link speaking across generations. A battle fought simultaneously at the beginning and the end of time. And we don't see uh, this person's face because it's clearly Skyward Sword Link face. And Crystal agrees. Yes, it would give it away if they showed Skyward Sword Link's distinct face. I was actually a bit worried that by the time we had to record this soon after I sent this over because we would have a new trailer that would prove or disprove this. But no trailer has come out yet. So this still stands. Assuming that um, we edit and release this fast enough. I'll get this edited much faster than we've recorded it. Don't worry. How, how do we feel about this now, Crystal? Um, I think it's a cool idea. I don't think it's true, though. Not quite cool enough to be true. No, it, it- is cool enough to be true. I just don't <laughs> think they would do this. I feel like this made a lot more sense because Skyward Sword re-release had just come out. And yes, yeah, we were making dotting or drawing the connections for that reason. But now we've passed that time window where it would have made a lot of sense. I think if uh, they were interested in drawing those kinds of connections between games, this would be a thing to do. Which they're not. No, they're not going. <laughs> okay, so I'll I'll go in for the next one. Uh, this is coming in from one Max. And this is a bit of a long one, so settle in, listeners. Greetings, Crystal, Monica, and Cam. The Book of Medora has kept me company for the last few months driving to and from work, and as of yesterday, I'm all caught up. I've enjoyed the podcast greatly. Pausing for just a moment, I feel like last time we did a mailbag, we might have skipped around a bit, which I'm now regretting, but I'm going to continue with this. I've enjoyed the podcast greatly, especially for the games I have been unable to play. Most importantly, thank you for sharing the friendship you three share in your podcast. The interaction between you kept me listening as much as the lore. With that, I'd like to share with you all some theories and my own answer to another listener's question, for reasons I'll discuss when we get there. Of course, I'd like to hear your thoughts on these theories because I know I'm missing something that could either make or break them. This might get weird. We do love the weird shit. Theory. Breath of the Wild is specifically some future of spirit tracks. Link, the 287th of his name, is a conductor, just like his dad, his granddad, and so on. He enjoys his work, but is bored. So, defying legend, he turns his magic train to travel across the seas in the directions legends say not to, arriving eventually to a kingdom of Zora on the shore of a great land. As he continues, he finds high mountains and deep chasms carved from the ocean steps, and eventually a castle on a pedestal. As he explores, he finds what can only be the legendary Lokomo's sword embedded in a stone. For good measure, he gives it a yoink, releases the sword, and on closer inspection, this isn't the right one, but he takes it anyway. Oh boy. As he leaves the stone, the place where the sword rested bleeds black and the blood moon rises, restoring chaos to the land. Link, being a capable engineer, builds his help in the form of the Guardian Scouts and brings people of New Hyrule to this land for further help. After all, what culture would pass up such fertile land, regardless of whether it is already inhabited by four other races? That got too real for a second. With the help of Zelda, they drive back the malice, get the whole story from the Deku Tree, realize they done messed up, and figure it couldn't get any worse, so stick around. Let's pause just to discuss this theory. Okay, so 
the idea is that the Master Sword was pulled out of Wind Waker Ganon's head after the Deku Tree had pulled Hyrule back above the waves. And this is the 10,000 years link to Breath of the Wild. Yes. I'm kind of into this. Uh, yeah. I like the idea of Engineer Link building the Guardians. It is indeed very strong. It kind of implies that the Sheikah of that era were an engineering guild above anything else. And not engineering in the sense of creating machines in general, but train engineers. Oh. Yeah, that they would be framed as like the descendants of Burn, which kind yeah. of makes sense because the Sheikah in Breath of the Wild are fairly different from the Sheikah in other games. Yes. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that gets me is it's like, I'm just going to take my train across the sea. Even though trains have to travel on, like, tracks. He's a really good engineer. Yeah, he he must be a really good engineer. Maybe the spirit tracks go across the sea. Oh, like this is the final purpose of the spirit tracks. Yeah. To return to the new Hyrule, which is called old Hyrule, even though new Hyrule is the original Hyrule. Anyway, they're going to Hyrule 2. Okay, go fight Ganon is the point. I really like the narrative that this builds. Yeah, this is a pretty solid theory. Yeah, yeah. Theory. The Zonai have no relationship to Ganon, except that Ganon is their ultimate hunt. Oh, I like that. Many cultures adorn themselves, not with their own likeness, but with the plumage of the creatures they hunt out of respect. Link being of Zonai descent makes sense, though, because who would respect Ganon more than an enemy? The Zonai, like the Sheikah, are a tribe of Hylians who build their bodies for the hunt of Lionels, dragons, and ultimately Ganon. Yeah, I, 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 this is a very solid read of the Zonai uh, form of dress, at least. Yes, so. but dragons aren't really, with exception of Valvagia, aren't really enemies. That is, I don't know. There have been dragons throughout the season. There have been a couple. Yeah, there's been a few. Um, but you the can Zonai still worship. are people from Monster Hunter who got dropped into Hyrule. Kinda. The, I, I think it's like, um, I mean, it does line up with the barbarian set, how you're plainly wearing the skull of some beast and you paint yourself up uh, not too far off from the markings that some Lynels have. Mm -hmm. So, I, I yeah, th this reading of the Zonai, it seems very cogent to me. Can one really respect Ganon? Sure. I do, <laughs> as an opponent. Okay. All right, I take that back. Okay. Theory, the weird one. At the end of Skyward Sword... Beetle never left the sky. Islands fell, and this poor dude is just peddling his heart out while mourning his friends who fell with the islands. God damn. <laughs> with whoever was left up there with him, the loft wings, and Beetle's strange understanding of physics, they grow Beetle's hut to support some islands with larger propellers. Somewhere along the way, the loft wings and Hylians began to change as well, becoming smaller, but more and more similar until they are all Oka, and their city in the sky. As the city breaks away over time from disrepair, we see the islands again for what they are in Skyward Sword of the Wild 3. Max, I feel like you wrote this just for Crystal. <laughs> Beetle, the king of the Ukas. And the Ukas are the original Hylians recombined with their other halves, the Loftwings. Beetle does kind of look like an Uka. Does he? <laughs> I don't know. He's got, he's got a head and a nose. <laughs> That's true. He does have both of those things. Uh-huh. And weird nipples. You What? Where does Beetle have weird nipples? I'm just joking. For a second, I thought I was forgetting some in, in some uh, very important nipple lore. Unforgettable. Well, my, the nipple lore I'm seeing is that they added nipples in Wind Waker HD. Oh, they added Beetle's nipples in the HD version? 
Oh, they're, oh no, they're there in the original. They're just fainter. They're more prominent in HD. Oh, okay. Well, you you got to get those high res textures in there somewhere. Oh, okay. Well, you've got at least one fervent supporter here, Max. Finally, my own answer for a question you read on the podcast regarding Bloodborne, asking about media that affected you in unintended ways. Like Cam, I've lived with depression for as long as I can remember. So The Ballad of Sad Young Men, as covered by Boz Skaggs, hit me in high school in a way I never expected. If nothing else, in a time where I felt very alone, it gave me hope that maybe I wasn't alone after all. At long last, I hope you have enjoyed this wall of text, for which I offer no apologies. Somebody's been listening. I do enjoy listening to you all, though, and even though it's an HD remake, I hope to hear your thoughts on how the new Skyward Sword holds up to the original. Take care of each other. All the best, Max. Postscript, Mifo Link is canon. Thank you, Max. It's good. Thank it's good you. to have it's good to have listeners who know what's up with the what's up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah. Oh, I had to leave Mifo Link out of the top five ships in this series so that Monica wouldn't cry. Thank you. She just hates Mifo Link so much. I don't hate it. I just don't like it in the way that you do. <laughs> uh that was a good that that's a good email. Yeah. Thank you, Max. And Thank you for sharing the the piece of media that that touched you in, in unintended ways. Thank you. The, yeah, I've never listened to Ballad of Sad Young Men, but I'll I'll look that up later. Uh, Steve writes in crazy theory here, but I believe in the time loop theory a little. Skyward Sword is the beginning and end of each loop, but there's different events happening between each Skyward Sword. Each Skyward Sword describes the apocalypse of the last timeline with Hylia doing the same thing each time to save her people. P.S. The spiky ball in the trailer seemed to go backwards, not cryo. Also, I think Link gets time powers. Crystal, you know the description of memes as, like, mental viruses that spread? I'm aware. Metal Gear? Um, I think that's what you're doing with this time loop Zelda stuff. You are infecting our listeners with the time loop Zelda meme. I think it's yes, also I suppose- something... <laughs> I suppose you could use that language to describe sharing an idea, then people will think the idea. Infecting them with the me. I think we also did talk about it being like a donut. A god. Connected to Skyward Sword. I don't know if any Zelda podcast loves to say the word donut as much as we love to say the word donut. But the other thing here, Crystal, is that you've ended up inspiring an email that describes Skyward Sword as the beginning and end of each loop, and I really fucking like that. Me too. Now, this uh, sort of spiral structure of time is actually quite similar to how it works in the Elder Scrolls, where the same war happens at the beginning and end of time. I am so afraid to ask, but that's established? Yeah, that that's, that's just, that's textual. Okay, that's cool. That's why Alduin has to eat the whole thing every time. Alduin's done this a few times then. Yes. Is it the same Alduin every time or is Alduin reborn? Uh, You know, what's the difference? Uh, Alduin's a role, the world eater. Oh, right. The world or Alduin. Right. Yes. Okay. So that Elder Scrolls is that kind of story for certain versions of its cosmology. Mm -hmm. Okay. I I had forgotten. Monica, you can uh, take I mean, it's this. It's also kind of how Dark Souls works, I guess. Um, in, I, as presented in Dark Souls Three. Okay, as presented in Dark Souls Three, it's a little bit like that, yeah. Or, or especially in Dark Souls Two. Majora's Mask question: 
I'm Monica, Cameron, and Crystal. In Majora's Mask, you get the Don Jero Mask by delivering the rock sirloin to the starving Gorn in the mountain village. When he eats it, he says to you, that that's it. It's so good that I dream about it. Dodongor Cavern's finest quality rock sirloin. Hmm. Can the Gorns travel to Hyrule? Is there an intricate network of imports and exports to Hyrule organized by the man from the curiosity shop? Is Don Jero actually Majora? Thanks for the podcast, Andy. Shit, this is a really good catch. Oh, uh, yeah. I, mm, yeah, mm. I. My immediate thought is that the Gorons are part of the elaborate trading quest in Wind Waker. Maybe they have their own trading networks that go through uh, time and space and weird Alice in Wonderland holes. They are connected directly through the lo- to the Lost Woods. There, there is a tunnel to the Lost Woods in Goran City. Ah. Yes. And also, if we take the uh, the geographical theory that Termina is literally underground, and then they can simply tunnel through the Earth. They're trading along the deep roads. The deep roads? Whatever do you mean, Crystal? That's what they call the dwarf tunnels in Dragon Age. Hmm. Gorans are the dwarfs of Zelda. Are Gorans the dwarves? Yeah. Gorans are the dwarfs. They have all the same dwarf tropes. They mine things. Do they? Yeah, they mine. They're 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 rock type guys. They don't care about gems and gold, though. They think those are worthless. Or do they trade? Yeah, but they do love honor. They do love uh, honor. Except for in Ocarina of Time, they seem to do. They do want to eat gems. Oh, (laughs) or the guy does want to lick it. That guy's a pervert. That guy, that guy, he's he he has everybody always like tries to talk him into eating some good old fashioned rock sirloin, but he always wants to have like the gemstones. So it's somebody with pika. Yeah, the gore in a version. Yeah, version if, of he, pika. if he was a Hylian, he would be eating hair or rocks or rocks. Or the Dago's Cavern could also refer to an unseen cavern in Termina that we just don't go to because there uh, are Dodongos. That is a very Occam's razor solution to this question, and I think it, that's probably right. Trade network. But I do like the trade network going through the Lost Woods connection in Goran City. I do prefer the trade network as well, yes. <laughs> yeah. I especially like it because it implies that, like, Dorunia knows about Termina. All the, like, to a certain degree, most of the Gorans have to know at least a little bit, but they don't share this knowledge. Or... Maybe they share it with the royal family, but it's generally kept secret because Link sure as shit doesn't know about it. I mean, they might only vaguely know about it through, like, the Happy Mask salesman. Like, that, we know that's one guy who's also a trader who travels between. Right. So the Happy Mask salesman being like, hey, why don't you uh, sell me some uh, rock sirloin and then uh, I'll give you a cut when I get back. So the the entrance into... The Lost Woods isn't for the Gorons, it's for the Happy Mask Salesman. Yeah, I think maybe he's the facilitator of this trade network. So that would be more or less like Andrew suggested. Yeah, yeah, I guess that does make sense. And that means they they don't need to have like metaphysical knowledge of the twin worlds or anything. It's just a place where they sell their goods. Is Don Chiro actually Majora? Boss Frog? No. No. No, he's the he's the compo- conductor of the frogs. I'm sorry, Garo. Don Garo. Yeah, like the frog sound. Yes, I know. Garo. Garo, Garo. There's a Zelda joke here. We seem to be at an excess of Zelda jokes. I haven't looked at it. Shall we shall we read it? No. Okay. Those are those are for 
Those okay. are crystal to collect. Okay, okay. This next one comes from Tyler. I am li- re-listening to the podcast and just got to the Link Between Worlds episode. So, what do y'all think about the fact that the secret boss of Link Between Worlds is Old Man Link to the Past Link? He can use the Master Sword, so it must be Link, no? And this is from Church. Um, wait, have we have we answered this? No. No? Okay. We have not. Okay. I think it's because I do occasionally show you an email when it comes in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You may have ascribed it in your head. Okay. My- so, answer it for real now. Oh, what do you think, Crystal? Yeah, this is generally accepted, isn't it? This is a common uh, uh, theory. It feels like the kind of thing that definitely would have made it onto the wiki. I think it could be a link, yeah. Link to the Past link. Yeah. Uh, this is him. How long past Link to the Past do most people think Link Between Worlds takes place? A hundred years? Because it's always a hundred years. So this uh, is Vaguely link- centuries. We'll say that he's about 115 here. There's only one problem with this. Link to Link Between Worlds is a sequel to Twilight Princess. <laughs> yeah, then it's Twilight Princess Link, and he's doing the same thing that Ocarina Link did to him. Oh, okay. Ah. Yeah. Oh, this, yeah, okay, this follows. This is an episode of Link turning into old bearded guy. Uh, we've all wanted to see it, and it's been in front of us the whole time. This is evidence for the idea that Link ages into a Raru. that's what i meant oh i hate it oh i wish oh i take it all back this is not evidence of that and it's silly what what do you think old link would look like what do i think old link would look like a lot like regular link but wrinklier but but cam isn't it cool that a a regular human or hylian does have more power (laughs) no than time or the master sword i am going to have to Cut down the gain on that particular no, but no, absolutely not. Why? It's so silly. The power of humanity. Could ever grow a beard? I I think that Link could grow a beard. Yeah, but that doesn't make Link Raru. You said he looked the same when he was old, but wrinklier. (laughs) Okay, but I can Link grow a beard? I don't know. Link might not be able to grow. He can. He's just he's just a teenager, so he hasn't come in yet. Oh, okay. He just needs to keep shaving so it comes back thicker. Yeah, the oldest Link is like 20. I think that's my favorite lie that's told to teenagers while they're learning to shave. Which one? You you get told that if you shave, it'll come back thicker. But the adults in your life are just telling you that because your beard looks like shit and they don't like seeing it on your face. That's what people tell like women about shaving their legs. If you shave instead of wax, it'll come back thicker. The, That's one of the myths. Do people say that? Uh-huh. Yes. Oh. It's because of the angle, I think. Uh, there's varying stories I haven't really followed up on. Oh, my God. That sounds like nonsense. I yeah, learned doesn't something. make any sense. <laughs> I learned something today. Uh-huh. But I didn't realize they told kids shaving yeah, yeah, their, yeah. their faces over that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because, you know, it's just... Anyway... Yeah, Church, that's absolutely uh, Twilight Princess or Link to the Past Link, depending on if you subscribe to the official Zelda timeline or the real one. (laughs) Is it my turn? This one coming from... (laughs) Okay. Mark. Mark. Hello there, folks. This is Mark. I love your podcast so much, and also I love your take on the Accursed Timeline. It is the best way to sort out the Zelda games and give coherence to topics such as time travel and creation of timelines or the order of events. 
I'm so used to your voices now that I've started listening to MCU Complete Me just for the sake of listening to Crystal talking about stuff. Aw. That's nice. And there's more uh-huh. podcasts that you can listen to to hear more of Crystal. Yeah. Recently, I've been going around playing Cadence of Hyrule, this weird spinoff made by a Canadian indie studio that was also a very fun rhythm game. Do you intend to cover this game and or add it to your timeline, or do you discard it because it is not an official Nintendo Zelda game? The following paragraphs can be avoided if you discard it. Well, I mean, we're going to cover it. We're going to cover it. It, I don't think it's part of the timeline. It doesn't start with The Legend of. Uh Uh-huh. Well, here's my thing. I remember that game came out. We talked amongst ourselves, and you told me that there wasn't a whole lot to it. Yeah, I, I don't feel like there's a lot. But maybe if we add some other games along with it, it would make up an episode. But this or, paragraph is telling me that Ganondorf's in it. Ganondorf is in it, yes. The retro game character, Ganondorf. Oh my god. Ganondorf is so retro now. <laughs> Cadence of Hyrule has, as any other Zelda does, a story focused on the Triforce Link and Zelda. But it also features Octavo, a new character who is strangely similar to Vati, yes. Both in design and in personality. It also features, spoilers, a young Ganondorf which is just a small NPC that appears in just one room, but his dialogue hints that he's going to become the pig we know and love. Also, this game doesn't feature the Master Sword. After playing through the normal game and its DLC and listening to your accursed timeline, I think that it works very well as an interquel between Four Swords and Four Swords Adventures. Octavo could be a reincarnation of Vati, the Minish, and is the one who inspires Gandorf in seizing power in Four Swords Adventures. And... While his malice-ridden evil self is sealed in the Force Sword and gets progressively dumber. I know you're not big fans of the Zelda universe forms, but I've written down how this connection could work. Ooh. If you don't intend to integrate Cadence into your timeline, it might not be worth your time at all. So don't waste your time. We're going to read it. We're going to read it. We're going to read it. Anyway, thanks for your podcast. It has given me a really good time and helped me sort these wonderful games in a way that I think suits the narrative better than the one shown in Hyrule Historiapedia. Best regards. Well, thank you, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Uh, Are we okay, not here- fans of the Zelda Universe forums? Uh, no, I don't think I mean, we've I guess ever. I, I'm not a fan of them, but I, I don't remember disparaging them. Yeah, I don't remember disparaging them either. To be we honest, we love fan forums. Yeah, fan for- Me and Monica met on a That's Zelda fan forum. Yeah, yeah, on like one of the precursors to what like the internet that would give birth to Zelda Universe. Um, okay, here's the thing. I don't think that Cadence of Hyrule has to be placed, but as soon as Mark mentions the idea that it would illustrate the backstory of Four Sword Adventures, I go, oh, shit, maybe. The, the thing about Cadence of Hyrule, now it's been a while since I've played it, is so you do find Gandorf in uh, Grudo Town. Yeah. And he's a kid, and he's practicing on the organ. Yeah. Because music. And you fight Octavo, who is gathering the instruments of a Whatever. plot, and he sees a real big need to do so for a reason that he will not elaborate. And this is concluded in the actual game, though, because you go into the future, spoilers, and Pig Ganon has taken over something, something, and Octavo was trying to beat him with the plot instruments. So I think that kind of ties everything up in a bow there. But that's just the thing. You do that in the future, Ganondorf, the kid, is still there, which would mean this could theoretically 
be a precursor to Four Swords Adventure. And oh, I see. The future of Patents of Hyrule could be an alternate time. So it splits. It's another split. So one Ganondorf, the kid, gains the instrument something something. Yeah. And then the other one, Ganondorf kid, goes into the desert and gets the trident of power. Yes. Yeah. This does sound a lot like Four Swords Adventures. It does. Okay. Well, we're definitely going to have to replay it before we do our side game episode. Uh-huh. The most interesting aspect to me is that Canes of Hyrule is essentially an officially licensed fan fiction, Uh and the the kid Ganondorf idea continues to be very popular. Yes. Yes. I do think that the wants to see the good guy canon. Uh, That's not what happens in this game. (laughs) Even when he's just a kid, he's just playing on that organ, and you talk to him, and he's like, yeah, don't worry about me. Everything's fine. It sounds like he's normal. See you around. (laughs) I don't remember exactly how his dialogue went. It's been about three years at this point. God, longer? Did you finish that game? I played it with you. Okay. I played it by myself, too. Mm. I don't know if you ever finished it. We played it in co-op and finished it in co-op. cool. Or, wait, we got up to a certain point, and then you beat it without me, and then you had to go back and beat it again, because I was like, why did you beat it without me? Oops. That's what happened. Anyway, yeah, we'll cover the cadence of Hyrule, and we'll definitely be reading that uh, that theory that you've got going, Mark. I, th- I think that'll be very interesting, and it may be informative. Because, Crystal, do you think this sounds like we could fit it into the timeline somewhere? Yes, I would say so. Okay. I'll replay cadence with a mind of it fitting into that spot. So, in theory, we need to change up things a little bit for Triforce Heroes and make space for Cadence of Hyrule the next time we revise the Accursed Timeline. Yes, along with the other draft. With, Hyrule uh, Warriors is the only yeah, one Triforce that Heroes. doesn't count. Right, yes. Yes, the original Hyrule Warriors is the only side game that probably can't fit in the canon anywhere as of now. should probably ask for permission from Mark uh, to cover that. Cover? In the timeline, uh, if we do fit it in. Oh, yes, okay. Well, we'll see about that. If it ends up being a thing when we play it, I'll fire off an email. Crystal, I think you've got this next one from Church. Church writes in, just listen to the Hyrule Warriors episodes, and Monica made the deciding factor on if it is canon by the fact that it doesn't have Legend of Zelda in the title. Does that mean Zelda 2 isn't canon, since its name is Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link? And clearly it is the Dragon Break that forced the universes together for Breath of the Wild. MatPat said so, thus it must be so. Speaking of Dragon Breaks, I absolutely lost it when y'all read out my email about the Zelda Dragon Break in the same episode that y'all talked about in the Elder Scrolls. Oh, God. Not the Dragon Break again. Also, I've never watched- Go ahead. Sometimes you break the dragon. You do. I've never watched a MatPat video. I I have also not watched a MatPat video. Probably not. Is that the one what goes, it's just a theory, a game theory? I feel like it might be. Here's the thing about Zelda 2. Isn't the Japanese title Legend of Zelda in it? Let's check. Monica's looking it up right now. No, I'm not. Oh. Yes, the Japanese title screen says The Legend of Zelda 2. Well, there you go. Ta-da! It's also on the box art. So that Monica's wiping the sweat off her brow for that one. I already made an exception for Age of Calamity. So it, it's clearly not. It was a fight. It was a fight, and I'm still okay with leaving it off. But it's also, there's no harm. 
There's no harm. God, dragon breaks, Elder Scrolls. Okay, so we got one here that I believe is from Mark. Hi, Cam, Crystal, and Monica. Mark here. I sent some random email questions the other day thinking about the timeline and whatnot, but your episode on Age of Calamity was so cool and you exactly pointed at the very origin of the problem. Yes, it's wrong. That I couldn't hold my enthusiasm and just decided to send a specific Age of Calamity question. Here it goes. How much of a screw-up is Hylia? Oh, sweet Jesus. What a way to start this off. Might she be the origin of the accursed timey-wimey problems arising again because of her egoistic reason and lack of trust in humans slash Hylians? Context. Terrico wakes up when Zelda's powers wake up, but acts on his own agenda, traveling through time. This is clearly the robot following Hylia's will, because she allows it. Of course, as we have seen in Age of Calamity, the malice follows Terrico, and blah blah blah. For me, this clearly implies that Hylia does not trust that Zelda and Link will eventually defeat Ganon, so she does what is in her nature and does some fuckery, just as happened in Skyward Sword. Again, when things get really sour in Age of Calamity, because the Malice followed Terrico and this world is somehow more aggressive, Hylia acts again, using Zelda's power, manifested through her emotions, on her device, Terrico, and brings in the future champions, messing up time yet again. This creates two timelines in the Breath of the Wild era in which Ganon is defeated, just as happened in Skyward Sword with Demise, the Imprisoned. And we know for a fact that timelines can get really disparate in their outcomes, but eventually they have the same events predetermined to happen, such as Ganondorf being born, and will eventually merge. So yeah, Skyward Sword. Link uses the Triforce to stop the Imprisoned, but two timelines are created because Demise is also killed off and sealed in the past. Breath of the Wild. Link defeats Ganon after he has wrecked the land for 100 years. But again, two timelines are created because Hylia doesn't trust him or Zelda, her very avatar on Earth, to deal with the problem. What a screw-up. I'm not saying that I don't like the characterization of Hylia or her role in the story, but as a god, she has a specific agenda to follow and reality be damned if otherwise happens. Now we have another timeline split because of her. Also, I hope that the future champions traveling to the past get at least a reference in Skyward Sword 3 Breath of the Wild 2. Oh, you've endeared yourself to me enormously with that one. Even if it is just sight and saying, I've been constantly dreaming about saving my sister in the past. A big hug to all three of you. Oh, thanks, Mark. Um, How do we feel about the idea of calling Hylia a big screw up? Well, that just seems like an accurate assessment. <laughs> I mean, we, we see the state of things uh, as they are in the present. It's not it's good. It's, it's not the best of all worlds. It's the absolute state of Hyrule, as they might say. Indeed. Right. I think this is giving Hylia a bad rap. Go on. Well, I mean, she does open that time portal and send Terrico through or whatever, and, and totally split the timelines there. But the Age of Calamity ending is markedly happier than what happened in Breath of the Wild. That was a marked improvement. She did it. <laughs> Success. So in that sense, she is like a video gamer who, you know, safe scums. We know that how they safe scums. That's true. This is her safe scumming. Only the remnants of her safe scumming exists as well. It isn't wiped. So she can't help that, but she can make a better ending. And then, yes, you know, it this splits, but nobody really experiences or knows about that aside from her. And they do join back together at the end, but at least when she does so, then there is a branch of happiness. 
it is a good point that Helia is probably doing the best that she possibly can, and she does succeed. It's just that we spend a lot of time in the uh, non-optimal timelines. Yep. But she's the one who claims to be a goddess and wants sole dominion over the Triforce, so my standards are pretty <laughs> high. That is also fair. Monica, would you suggest that Hylia is working against inevitability using what is, from her perspective and on the scale of the strife that she's dealing with, a limited tool set? Yes, because she is not a omnipotent god. Right. She has limitations. She's at the edge of time, and she can cast her vision so far and, you know, make changes so far, but she's not perfect. And she's still fighting Ganon. Yes. And Ganon is uh, very persistent and very, very good at being creative. So you would suggest that she is reasonably doing better, rather... There's no one who would be doing her job better in her position, or at least not getting better results. Yeah, well, I don't know if no one could do better, but certainly I think she does good with what she has. And Crystal, you would say that gods need the guillotine. (laughs) Yeah, maybe Queen Merica the Eternal had it coming. Maybe. Is Hylia Queen Merica? Basically. She has she had dominion over the Elden Ring slash the Triforce, and then uh, there was the Night of the Black Knives, where things went bad for her and her children. Did they really call that fucking thing Night of Black Knives? Yes. Wouldn't Wouldn't Merica then be the goddesses, the creation goddesses? Uh, I don't think so, because she's not presented as a creator. She was just the the queen, the caretaker of okay. power. Oh, okay, got it. Okay. Well, I feel like we've covered a a pretty good degree of response to this question by Mark uh, with regards to if Hylia is a screw-up. Age of Calamity disappointed some people because they wanted a lot of angst. And it was not angsty, it was happy end. That's true. They already made the angst game. They did. Yes. So, I have yet to weigh in for myself. Okay. I'm going to say that Hylia was responsible for at least one timeline where Link and Mifa were able to get married. So I'm afraid that I have to side with her on this one in this specific instance. No further questions. No further questions or or statements. Crystal, would you like to take this next one? Yeah. Crystal. Yeah, I, it's uh, the title Divine Beast, right? Yeah, it is. Hi, my name is Jackson. I'm only 17, but I've played every Zelda game. If Divine Beast Varuta is named after Princess Rudo, as it says in Mifa's diary, who are the other Divine Beasts named after? Also, is it the same Master Sword in every game, or are they different swords in each game? Do you know how the Great Daruk got his power of protection, Princess Mifa get her power of healing, and how did Lady Urbosa become so shocking? Why is Hestu so much bigger than the rest of the Korok, and why did they take the Korok seeds from him? These are good questions, Jackson. Okay. Yeah, let's take so these I- one at a time. Yeah, one at a time, one at a time. Uh, the others are all named after sages in the different games. Uh, Rudania is Darunia in Ocarina of Time. Uh, Meadow is Medley from Wind Waker. And what was the other one? Not Naboris is Naburu from Ocarina of Time. Yes. Yes. Is it the same Master Sword in every game, or are they different swords in each game? 
Uh, in our conception, it's it's always the same Master Sword, right? Yeah, we can. Yeah, like, the Master Sword is the same across timelines, basically. Yes. But they all got made in Skyward Sword. Yes, even though other people might have improved on it at times. Do we know how the champions got their magical powers? I think it's just a magic world where people, where people, strong souls have magic powers sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you have a little bit more magic than the people around you. And they worked really hard on getting this magic working because it's also expressions of their personalities. Yes. I like that Rivali is a sorcerer. Yes. Like that one we do know the origins of. Yeah. And he worked really hard to do something very cool and break the bounds that his people could not break. Yes. That's a very cool wind sorcerer, Rivali. Mm-hmm. Why is Hestu so much bigger than the rest of the Koroks? He ate his vegetables. He ate his broccoli. That's why his head looks like broccoli. He's a lot older than the other ones, I guess? No. No? No. No. Mm-mm. I guess he you could- wanted to be big. I guess you could make an argument that he's the next Deku tree. Yeah. He could be a Deku Jr. Yeah. The Deku Sprout. Um, and why did the Koroks take the Korok seeds from Hestu? Because they thought it was funny. Uh-huh. And they were their poops. That It's just very funny to them. Inside of the maracas. But it was a prank. It was a they prank. They play pranks. Yeah. They're, they're, little, they're little incorrigible pranksters. Does that line up, Crystal? Yes, that all makes sense to me. I wonder if the, the ancient heroes from 10,000 years ago had similar powers as the champions. That's a good question. Or were they all Sheikah? I, I don't know. Whose turn is it now? Is it mine? Monica's? I guess mine. Okay. This is from John. Hey guys, so I've been slowly wrapping up my very first playthrough of Breath of, w- of the Wild. I know I'm a little behind, but I just finished the Terrytown side quest and I darn got near emotional. Darn near got emotional. I would have guessed I could be some emotionally invested in a side quest. I, I wouldn't have guessed I would be, be so emotionally invested in a side quest, no less. But really, to do the Terrytown quest, you spend a lot of time doing shit for Hudson. You find a lot of people and you collect a lot of wood bundles. And you spend a lot of time checking up on the progress of Terrytown. But gliding into Terrytown the first time it's finally finished and seeing all the houses pop up and fully rendered was so satisfying. What an incredible game. I think with the full music, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know it has its issues, but I've never had, a, had or played a game that I could put 120 plus hours into a single playthrough and still not be done and still look forward to playing it and still get a lot of enjoyment from it. Anyway, with all that being said, I started thinking and then I was wondering where Nintendo could possibly go from here. Here being after Breath of the Wild 2. Is the sky the limit? But really, I feel like with the Breath of the Wild series, Nintendo has really opened up The Legend of Zelda to a new generation and brought more people to the series than really ever before. And I'm just curious what the next games or series of games could even begin to look like. Do they stick with the open world feel or do you think they could go back to the more traditional style? How else could Ganon possibly terrorize Hyrule? Maybe Link goes on an open world DC adventure for the next set of games. What are y'all's thoughts? Whatever it is, I'm definitely going to buy it and play it regardless. As always, wish you all the best and stay safe. Sincerely, John. All right. Thank you, John. Um, thank you, John. I'm trying to think if a series has ever uh, scaled back after making the open world pivot. I guess you could sort of make... No, no. Zelda 2 is like quantifiably bigger than Zelda 1. But the the fact that it went back to... Link Zelda, to the past. Yeah, Link to the past. Yeah. That's kind of a scaling back. Yeah. But... 
But what they're saying is, has there ever been one that went back after biting from the open world Apple? Well, I mean, how many series have transitioned into open world in the first place? All of them. Everything that exists today. But that weren't open world before? Yeah. Uh, Dark Souls just did it. That's true. Um, Assassin's Creed has never scaled back. Uh, and it w- it was open world from the jump, basically. Yeah, but it was open world back when open world meant something different. Yeah, that's true. The best I can imagine is that um, the the main line 3D console Zelda games will also be this, but then they'll also make um, Link's Awakening like things. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think the thing about Nintendo, especially the Zelda team, is that. They don't get too tied up in what they've done before. They're always thinking of doing something very novel. So maybe that is still in an open world setting, but maybe it's not. Yeah. We don't even know about Breath of the Wild 2. It could be not open world. Yeah, that would be odd, but it it's could possible. be continual dungeon sort of thing. Yeah. I would w- w- the thing I would like them to go from here is to have more variety of things in the world that do not necessarily resolve into um, shrines or Korok seeds. Or and I think like, I think a game that does this well is Elden Ring. <laughs> well, the progression for Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring is actually fairly different still, right? Like the way that you interact with the world is still fairly different. You don't level up in Zelda. And you don't really have a chemistry system in Elden Ring. No, there's crafting now. No, I don't mean crafting. I mean like Metal dropping lightning. Lightning and electricity conducting through metal objects and being able to build up momentum in physics objects and use them to attack your enemies and that sort of thing. I think they do have dynamic fire, but not as much of a physics system now. Well, I just mean that their way of interacting with the world. In Elden Ring, when you happen upon a glade, that glade is going to have a monster in it. Yeah. In Breath of the Wild... When you happen upon a glade, that glade might have an orchard of apple trees in numbers that you don't see anywhere else in the game. And the only explanation for why it's there is that it's about 30 seconds away from a ruined town. No, Elden Ring is stuff like that. No, what I mean is that's what Breath of the Wild has. Like there yeah. might be a there might be a Korok seed in there, but the Korok seed isn't the thing itself. The orchard is. So I, I just mean that like, Breath of the Wild is a game that's largely about its silences, whereas Elden Ring is a game that's largely about its conflicts. No, Elden Ring's also about its silences in that way. Really? Yeah, like, uh, for example, I just sort of took a weird path down a cliff with my horse and found a secluded village of jar people with, like, a bunch of rare flowers growing in it. And there's no enemies there. It's just a bunch of rare flowers and jar people. That's kind of neat. Yeah, Elden Ring is a good game. I should play Elden Ring soon. I I should watch you play Elden Ring. I've heard that the PC version is still a bit hinky, so I'm waiting for it to get patched. There are also things like... I know I've seen fire... like spread in the winds and set the grass on fire. Uh, I think there is also things like lightning spells do more damage when it's raining. That is interesting. The Pokemon physics. Yes. I think to some degree the the Koroks, uh, I don't know why I thought to Koroks again, but uh, Nintendo has been innovating that as 
they go along in the different game series that have been releasing. So while the Koroks have a lot of standard puzzles, uh, things like from Mario Odyssey and beyond, there's more like different tasks. Right. Yeah, an interesting range. So I think they'll definitely change into something more like that. I'm I'm just I'm not sure that Breath of the Wild is fundamentally about going somewhere and maybe you get a little treat, maybe you don't. The act of walking around itself is the main thing. Yeah. Do you think the next Zelda will be like that? I think that it probably won't. Yeah. Zelda games don't stick the same between each other. I mean, they can. They can. They certainly can. But they're not built with that focus. If there's any game series that could break away from its current open world build and pivot to something different, I would say that it's Zelda. Because it takes Zelda a long time to get change going sometimes. But if the Zelda team decides collectively that they want to do something different, then we'll get something very different. I really need to play Elden. Uh-huh. They say that it's the Breath of the Wild killer. Crystal, is it the Breath of the Wild killer? I like it more than Breath of the Wild. I'm famously... Uh-huh. I, 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 I've said this. I was, I'm was. i a little tepid on Breath of the Wild. It didn't. Uh, it was not magical for me the same way it was for a lot of people. Yeah, I know that your opinion of Breath of the Wild has cooled off quite a bit in the past five years. Uh, Crystal, what I like at the Elden- time, I was like, you know what the better open world this year was? Assassin's Creed Origins. Well, I mean, you also at the time or in 2018 called Breath of the Wild the best game of 2017. I might have said that. Yeah, I wouldn't say def- that now. Now the answer to that would be uh, Prey. Yeah, you've cooled off a little bit. Or played Prey. One of those two things. <laughs> Crystal, would I like Elden Ring playing it. Elden Ring's great. That. They cannot possibly answer that for you, Monica, because you never played Dark Souls or any other from Souls. That's what I mean. When I tried to get you, I, you have a way to answer this for yourself, which is playing the thing. Okay, but I'm making an alpha shiny dex. Pudding. No, just an alpha dex, not putting an alpha that shit dex. on our nice friend Crystal. You what? Shame. I'm just canvassing opinions. You do have to fight the bosses. You do have I to can, fight them. I can do that. The secret to winning is to simply avoid getting hit. That is very important. I saw somebody try to fight the tree sentinel early on, and they just kept fighting them over and over and over, even though it's very clear that this is not like the asylum demon. You're actually not supposed to fight the tree sentinel just yet. Yeah, they they made this one so it's very easy to simply go somewhere else and come back. Yeah, and it's not like you have a magnesis rune and a big metal boulder to drop on it over and over either. Like, oh, really the thing I want from Breath of the Wild, they have the cool physics system, they have the runes, I don't feel like it really takes advantage of it most of the time. Like, uh, I, you- I have to go out of my way to set up some sort of, you know, rolling a rock on the moblins or something, and it isn't really that much better or faster than simply hitting them with the sword. So what you're saying is you don't want just the possibility space for these things because the possibility space is already there. You want the game to incentivize and set up those scenarios for you where it says the easy solution to this problem is like on the Great Plateau, that first uh, big enemy hideout where if you shoot the rope down, it blows everyone up. Yeah, for example, in Elden Ring, I do go out of my way to like sneak around and set up traps and like try to knock enemies off cliffs or like drop something on them because the game is difficult enough that it incentivizes that. I see. 
Do you feel like some part of Breath of the Wild's problem in this regard is alleviated by playing on master mode, especially so early on you're incentivized to do things like take a Korok leaf and blow your enemies off of cliffs? Yeah, a little bit. But even on master mode, it's like the main thing is that it takes a long time to set up those things and you really only get to kill a few guys before you still have to fight again. Is Elden Ring the Dark Souls of Breath of the Wild? Yes, it is. Or is it the Breath of the Wild of Dark Souls? Because it, it yeah. seems to it seems to literally be the Breath of the Wild moment for Dark Souls in that it it's at first blush seems wildly more popular than any other FromSoft game. Yeah, it's the two games that everyone's been trying to make for the past five years, and they made them both at the same time. Wow. Wow. It's good that we finally have a good third-party knockoff of Breath of the Wild. FromSoft, the first... Breath of the Wild doer. Yeah. Crystal, there's a joke at the bottom of this next uh, email, which I haven't read. I don't like how this email starts, Crystal. Could you read it? It's from Chris A. One sec. Hello, Crystal. Hello, Monica. I'm sorry, Cameron, but also hi, Cameron. I've only recently <laughs> discovered your podcast, and each episode I've listened to has reignited my love for the series and makes me want to replay and finish Zelda games I haven't finished yet. I had a topic I'd like to hear your thoughts about. In Twilight Princess, I've noticed that Death Mountain looks rather odd from ground level, as if it doesn't look like a mountain at all, but a big mess of magma. Upon further inspection, it looks as if something has crashed into it, like a meteor or a moon? Could that possibly explain all the crevices around Hyrule? But also, if it is a moon, could it possibly be the same moon from Majora's Mask? Could it mean that the similarities to Majora's eye design being on Minda's helm is not a coincidence? I apologize if you've covered this before on another episode or mailbag. I've only really listened to the Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess, and Breath of the Wild episodes, since those are the only ones I finished. But if you have discussed this before, then to make up for it, I have another topic and I decide to send in a Zelda joke for the episode. Once again, sorry, Cameron. The it's second okay. topic is... Uh, what are your thoughts on the Mirror of Twilight quest in Breath of the Wild found in Palmore Beach? Who built it and why do you think it's there? Thank you all for the amazing content you put out with each episode. I always look forward to hearing your analytical thoughts and rants. With neighbor's love, Chris A. How do we feel about the appearance of, huh, the link between Death Mountain and the vast crevices throughout Hyrule? I'm looking up, I want to, I want to see this for myself. Let's look Because I remember looking, um... I don't know, it just looks like a video game mountain. A lot of video game mountains don't really look like mountains because they're they're kind of like they're kind of small and more of like a single landmark rather than a huge rocky hilly area. I think that the one that they're talking about, like the image of it, would be something like this one here. And I'm posting it in the line chat real quick. Where it's true that this doesn't look like a traditional mountain. It does look like a big mess of magma. Mm. Almost like a big cabbage. And it does have sort of an orb shape to it. And like molten magma has flowed out and around it. So I, I could see the theory that this was some kind of meteorite. Which struck the planet and giant crevices appeared. There has clearly been some kind of tectonic event that has occurred in Hyrule. True. And quite a while ago, because no one's very upset about it. Yeah. Like, that was a that was a cataclysm. It should have been an uh, extinction event, but apparently not. The Triforce shattered. What? 
you know, like in, in Link Between Worlds. Oh my god, is this where the Triforce went in the backstory to Twilight Princess? Like, did they did they, did they make the wish to stop everyone from dying from the meteor? And the Triforce is like, all right, good job, I'm out. And then it reappears later on the Chosen Ones. Crystal, what do you make of all this? Yeah, I am I am warming up to the idea that a big meteorite struck Death Mountain and cracked the Earth. It is strange how... I always just took it as, um, well, they had to design the map this way, but they didn't have to design the clearly huge visible canyons. That's true. I feel like they did have to design the huge canyons. No, they don't. They could put up walls just as easy. I mean, every other Zelda game just uses walls. But there are a lot of walls and tunnels. Yeah, and they could still do that here. They did not have to use giant-ass canyons. They mixed it up. I I know, okay. baby, but we don't normally do the thing right. where it's like... Yes, no. yes. Okay, I get it. But even like there are parts in the in Hyrule Field where you're like crossing a bridge and it's like, why is there this huge gap in the earth here? And it is old. This bridge is old. To me, it just seems like a, a thematic, like, why do we feel the way we feel at Twilight sort of thing? Oh, you're saying like in, that it's- In this screenshot I posted on the line here, it has a good view of both Death Mountain and one of the random gorges in Hyrule Field. Yeah, there's that big orb of magma. That's the feeling we get in between. No, but you can see it also has the big crevice right. and the wall and Death Mountain. Yes, the feelings that we get at Twilight. <laughs> so the world itself is a mood. Uh-huh, the world is mood. I see. Odd way to read cosmology. It's possible. Chris, I think it's possible. I'm buying into this. I like this idea. Yeah, I kind of like this idea too, honestly. It also gives me a half-decent explanation for where the Triforce went and why it's doing this fucky thing with it coming back. Is it the moon from Majora Mask? I think it's too small to be that moon. Yeah. That moon's nose was the size of Clock Town, basically. Like, that, that was a moon moon. Plus, there is already a moon up there still. Yeah, yeah, the moon's still there. There's when so the moon much weird got- shit in Twilight Princess. Wait, 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 wait. When the moon got warped away in Majora's Mask. <laughs> right, because it went back oh, up no. to the sky. <laughs> but- so I was just saying it didn't fall down from here, it went up through. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> it didn't crash from above, it, it got shot through the earth- and uh, settled on top of Death Mountain. Yeah, the giants threw it back way too hard. Wait, what? Well, I was thinking more that it got teleported to the sky above Hyrule and then crashed. Right, I thought that's what you were going. Yeah, yeah. I'm not thinking that it like punched up through the earth because I'm not a <laughs> subscriber to the idea that that Termina is literally geographically below Hyrule. That's really funny, though. But because it's te- popping up through the earth uh, make more sense with the crevices? I don't know. I don't I don't know how tectonic work. That's that's not in my scope of knowledge. So maybe you you have me at a disadvantage if you suggest yes cuz I don't have the wherewithal to argue with you. I mean, it makes sense cuz we know it's the sequel to uh, Majora's Mask. Yeah, that's the thing. It is the sequel to Majora's Mask. So so Crystal, your theory is that the giants threw the moon so hard from Termina up and punched through Hyrule, causing the rifts, and then there it is, Death Mountain. That is correct, yes. Okay. And Cameron, your theory is that the giants threw it- Well, it gets teleported away. Okay. It gets teleported away, and then what? And then it's in the sky above Hyrule. Okay. And then 
let's say, well, there, during this sequence where it would have happened, there is someone who would want to just completely fuck over Hyrule. Okay. And we know who he is because he appears in Twilight Princess 2. I'm saying that Ganondorf started off his invasion of Hyrule by taking this foreign moon and crashing it into the earth and destroying everything. Okay. I'm, I'm blending. <laughs> I, I'm adding on to that theory and I'll say Ganondorf or otherwise shows up threat and then the, the Hyrule moon crashes down onto him and then... The actual moon there is the Termina moon. Crashes down onto Ganon? Yes. Why onto him? To destroy him. Monica, yes. he's alive. This is the backstory to Twilight Princess. Okay. Darn. I was just like, it'd be funny if it was a moon swap. Oh, I see. So it just ki- they killed Ganon like they killed Chewbacca. <laughs> yes, or like Demise. Uh. The highliest school of crushing things. Crystal, how do you feel about the idea of Ganondorf using the displaced moon as a weapon against Hyrule? It just seems uh, more destructive than he usually goes for. I mean, he doesn't usually have yeah. those opportunities. Well, he wants to rule Hyrule. Yeah. He, he, he would be deploying his, his uh, thermonuclear weapon. That's true. So uh, you would suggest that it is during the unrest and uproar caused by the crashing that Ganondorf begins his offensive to take advantage of the damage done to the rest of Hyrule. Yes, I think it's something more like that, where it's uh, it, it, the the cracks in the earth cause a political crisis. Actually, this would, ex- because Hyrule Castle and Castletown used to be a lot closer to Death Mountain, but that impact would have obliterated them. So as it's about to show up, Zelda goes, hey, hey, we have to leave. We have to leave right now. So so is Gandorf bringing down the moon? It doesn't matter. Okay, the moon comes down. The moon comes down. Which moon? Uh, we'll say the Majora's Mask moon. Okay. And Hyrule's just better equipped to, sur- to weather that impact than Termina was because they have a Triforce. Got it. The Triforce is used to minimize the damage. And that's why there's still a moon up there. That's why there's still a moon. Okay. But it's also why the land survived the impact that would have obliterated Termina altogether. It could have just- Yes. uh, This is why there's fissures in A Link Between Worlds. It's still the the lingering uh, geographical disruptions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's all coming together. It's all coming together. Oh, shit. I think that- What were you saying? I have forgotten. That's okay. Chris, I think that you might have just uh, connected these two games in a way that we hadn't considered before. Hell yes. Oh, this, this is working. Oh my god. We've had like two or three moments in this episode where we're like, oh. Connected Link Between Worlds and Twilight Princess again. And Majora's Mask. And oh. yes, they were already connected, but now they're double connected. Now they're even more uh, rock solid. Ah! What? Oh, good night, everybody. What fissures in Link Between Worlds? Fissures in the ground. There are canyons in Link Between Worlds. Okay. I Especially in Low Rule. I remember it in Low Rule, but that, there's a reason, a separate reason for Low Rule. Yeah. Now I was thinking the cracks in the walls to, to Low Rule. Oh, the cracks no, that go no. between, yeah, between dimensions. Oh, goodness. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think if Link uh, jumped in one of the cracks in Twilight Princess, he would uh, his corpse would land in Termina. 
This does also like if if Ganondorf was blamed in any way for the impact of the moon, then that would explain why they choose to seal him in the Twilight Realm rather than just putting him in jail, because the scale of the crime attributed to him is colossal. And the Hylian nobility royal family setup is racist enough to blame that on him, whether he did it or not. It's true. Well, I mean, assault by moon is, is a pretty big crime. Yeah. So I was trying to steal the Triforce. I mean, the dude does three genocides the first time we meet him. Let's not put anything past yeah. him. I feel like my brain has expanded. My brain is already gone. <laughs> Do we want to try to get more in, Crystal? Let's do one more. Okay. Oh, and that is the same Mirror of Twilight. Oh, yes. There's also a second scenario here. <laughs> the Mirror of Twilight quest in Breath of the Wild in Palmore Beach. Um, I don't know. You said it's not the same Mirror of Twilight, Monica? It's, a, it's another Mirror of Twilight. There's more than one. It makes sense that there'd be more than one. Yeah. 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 That makes, yeah. That makes perfect sense. Who built it and why do you think it's there? It's just, it, back when there was travel between the realms, back when that was a thing, or why would there be a second one? Based Midlink on, shippers. It's there because of Midlink shippers who lived in Hyrule. <laughs> I mean, it could be the same one. It could be the same one. Repaired. It would be really hard to repair it after what Midna did to it. Right, it can't be repaired after Midna, so yeah, it's the second one. Yeah, that or Zelda used the Triforce to repair it at some point, so she could go get her Zedna thing on. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't see why with all the powerful magics in the thousands and thousands of years since, it, it could be repaired. Okay, so we definitely read this email from Rose. Uh-huh. So... Um. I'll go ahead and take this last one from Tyler, I suppose. Okay. Good morning, y'all. I just had a thought regarding the Rito in Breath of the Wild and Wind Waker. What if Dragon Roost in Wind Waker isn't actually Death Mountain, but just another volcanic island? If that were the case, then it could make sense that Rito Town in Breath of the Wild is actually built on the remains of what used to be Dragon Roost, simply eroded away until it is nothing but the fossilized magma chamber. This could explain the bizarre shape of the mountain itself, since it really does not look like a naturally formed mountain, especially relative to all of the others in the game. Now, this doesn't explain what happened to Death Mountain, but it could be that Death Mountain was simply one of the other many mountains you could see in the distance when you are below the surface. Perhaps Dragon Roost could be a volcanically active version of Snow Peak Mountain from Twilight Princess. Thanks for the fun podcast, Tyler. You know, that that, that, that sounds alright to me, honestly. Yeah, I think you could draw... Uh... Dragon Roost, Hebra, Snow Peak are the mountain. There are definitely multiple volcanic islands in Wind Waker. Snow Peak is in the northwest in Twilight Princess, right? I think so. But the thing about Wind Waker's map, though, is that it directly maps over... Oh, the forbidden fucking science of geography. I know, but it does. It does. Yeah? It directly maps over the Ocarina of Time map. Okay. I don't know where I'm going with it. What is Outset Island above? Okay, Monica's going to be looking this up. But as a theory on its own, without getting into the forbidden art of geography, I do think that this holds water. I especially like the idea of a fossilized magma chamber. Like, that's just cool. But yeah, I, I haven't really got much to add to it. What about you, Crystal? Yeah, I also like this idea. I think it, it makes more sense than Death Mountain. Yeah, that's the good stuff. Okay, um, so we are currently up to... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, maybe, uh, yeah, seven Zelda emails left, which I think we can address maybe over the next one or two Zelda episodes. Yeah. 
we're, we're now up to October of 2021. So we made some good progress today. We did. And if you send us an email now, we might get into it before the release of Breath, Breath of the Wild 2. And who can say? Of course, if you want to send in more emails, you can send them in to Book of Medora Podcast at gmail.com. That is, once more, Book of Medora Podcast at gmail.com. Crystal, where else can we find you online? You can find me at twitter.com slash arcanecrystal, as well as patreon.com slash arcanecrystal. And you can find me on the MCU Complete Me podcast, which recently released its miniseries, The Matrix Has You at Hello, all about the Matrix films. Usually on that show, we talk about Marvel movies, but we got sick of them. <laughs> I think the next episode we're doing is going to be uh, the, the Animatrix, and then after that, uh, Hulk from 2003 and, by Ang Lee. I love Ang Lee's Hulk, or at least I remember liking it 20 years ago. You do really and then like we can it. do Gemini Man. <laughs> Gemini Man, no less. Okay. Gemini Man's not a bad movie. I've never seen it. It's objectively five times more movie than the average movie. That sounds like a very long movie. No, no, no. It's 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 a standard length, but it's 120 frames per second. Oh, that's quite oh that's that's five times as much movie per second. You can't exactly. beat that value. You can't that, beat that value. <laughs> You can't beat that value. Oh, they have shit. two Will Smiths. One of them two. is completely CGI, and he looks extremely fake. But maybe that's thematically appropriate. A, t- a, a, a CG Will Smith at 120 frames per second. How uh-huh. could you say no? God, I I feel like I would need to get a 120 hertz monitor in order to watch this movie the way it was meant to be seen at 120 frames per second. Oh, it is not available at home video at 120. That was uh, for select theatrical showings, but you can buy it at 60 frames per second. How fast can the still- eye see? Quite fast. Is it fast? 60? You, you, can, you can see it. You may not be consciously aware of it, but okay. you can see it. Just had to you check. You can see 120, yes. Yeah. It is, uh, it is diminishing returns, but it's visible. Yeah. And how about that? Uh, actual play podcasting you've been doing crystal oh yes the extensive actual play podcast eidolon playtest that's that's most of what my podcasting has been lately it is uh an actual play based on the game my friends made called eidolon become your best self which is sort of like you have your soul it's like a spirit that exists outside of you and it can it can fight and have cool fights it's kind of like a jojo's bizarre adventure or persona there's a the first two seasons had uh, two intertwining shows, Eidolon Pop and Eidolon Rock, and that whole series just wrapped up, and we're about to do a whole summer of like four-episode miniseries that are all standalone, so it's uh, it's a very good time to jump in on that. Eidolon Ballad. Don't do this. Eidolon Ballad. That- Uh-huh. I don't, I don't think that- that's not a genre. Eidolon Lullaby. Stop it. Christ's sakes. Crystal, what about the world of assassins? The world of assassination is going to be the first uh, miniseries in the series of miniseries. It's not based on the Eidolon game. It's based on the game I wrote myself called World of Assassination, which is sort of uh, trying to adapt the Hitman games by IO Interactive into a tabletop RPG format. It's based on a, it's designed for one shots where a few players play as the targets 
and they make awful people who get killed in interesting ways by the assassin player. I actually I really like that that idea that asymmetrical tabletop thing. That's good. It's pretty good, I think. Yeah, that's that's all right. So if y'all like listening to Crystal and y'all like the kind of wild bullshit that happens in the Hitman games, you should definitely give a listen to World of Assassination. And it, when will that be available to listen to, Crystal? Uh, the first episode of that will be available on March 14th. My God, that's nine days away. Yes, it is. Eidolon Metal. Mm. Anyway, Metal. you can find me on Twitter, at CamWriter, and nowhere else. And don't look for Monica. She's not even on there anywhere. Nope. Now, Crystal, I don't suppose that you have a joke for us. I do have a joke. Dylan sent it in for us. Okay. It's actually two jokes. I, I, I Okay. I think we've encountered a few jokes, but we can keep some in the back burner. I'll take them. Hit me. I saw a fanfic where Ganon won, but for some reason, I couldn't click on it. Oh, well, I guess the link was dead. Yeah. <laughs> Did we hear this one already? No? Okay. Oh, it's horrible. I hope that this is one of the ones that was apologized for, because that needs an apology. No, this one was not apologized for. Oh, okay. I think it's I like a funny it. joke. Dead link. Yeah, that's actually not bad. I'll, I'll give it up. I'll give it up. That's all right. The link was broken. There's layers. There are layers. It's, it's like an onion or a cake. Oh, my an God. An oak. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hello, welcome back. They delayed Zelda. Son of a bitch. No. <laughs> they did, though. It's okay. I expected it. I win the bet again because Crystal always wins and never, ever loses. I mean, that first bet you actually didn't win because this delay actually was so bad that your worst case scenario turned out to be not worst case enough. <laughs> I, I, I said that was 2022 pre-COVID. That's true. Yes. And then a giant uh, global pandemic hit, so. <sighs> so you're saying adjusting for COVID, you still won that bet. Yes. You know what? That's <laughs> absolutely That's not fair. the only Zelda news. Eiji Anima got a haircut. He did. It, it looks pretty slick, honestly. What do we think of this haircut? He looks, he looks distinguished. He's no longer the bad boy of Nintendo. I would agree, but it also kind of looks like he is trying to go, he's going to sell me whiskey. Oh, He's also like that? a whiskey salesman. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm just out of it here. His haircut kind of just reminds me of my dad. Uh, you the- know, I never made this connection before, but his old hair is just Link's hair. He has the same part. Oh my god, kind of did it? a little bit. We'll go. We'll look yeah, at it. He's got the same center part. Is it the butt cut? Yeah, the butt cut. Yeah, the butt oh, cut. Wow. Yeah, we're gonna call that a butt cut. He doesn't. I'm- he doesn't gel it up so that it defies gravity as much as Link's, but you know. Who does? The good old butt cut. The, the 90s. The 90s did that. It is a very 90s haircut. And now he's- It's the haircut of Control-Delete. No. I mean, it, it verifiably Maybe. is. Yes. I know. But for me, it's like boy band. Yeah. It's it's just the it's it's just the very Leonardo 90s. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. It, it covers Control-Alt-Delete, Leo DiCaprio, Ocarina of Time, all the boy bands that were relevant in the 90s. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's. It, I, don't, it, it, I don't remember uh, Aerith. She kind of did have a bu- center part too, didn't she? You know, the center part is coming this, back. I don't remember this artist's name, but I remember there's an artist who drew like Final Fantasy VII and Zelda fan art in the early 2000s, and she had an OC that was literally just Aerith 
where she was like, actually, I designed this character before uh, Final Fantasy VII. Like, no, you didn't. <laughs> no, she did not. Nine-year-old Crystal oh. calling bullshit on that. I, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to get the ref to score that one, but I'm pretty sure that didn't happen. I think that was the weirder days of the internet, where you could make assertions like that, and you wouldn't be immediately mocked by like 200 people. I don't know. Yeah, you could still be mocked, but it would probably be like between two or three people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want this to turn into an episode that's just about the 90s and the aughts, but you know, I think the internet was better back then. It was. Smaller discussion forums. Just more intimate. Less connected. Less, but, you know, random bullies. Less corporate. Big bullies still existed. Yeah. But less random people, you know, searching a keyword to, you know, drop a slur on your timeline. Yeah. If you got a telephone call, it logged you off. That's true. It did. <laughs> I never had a landline modem. Yeah, Monica's family jumped straight into cable. Very early cable days. That's because her father worked in IT. He thought it was very cool, and I didn't understand why. Go ahead, Crystal. A network infrastructure is amazing. Yeah. I didn't realize, I didn't think about it until recently, but like, for there to be communication between uh, America and England, you do have to lay a, a cable under the ocean. Yes. Yeah. That is and routinely they did that bitten. shit in the 1850s. Wow, are we still using those same cables? I think some some the old telegram cables are still used for some things. Damn, I love that the sharks chew on them sometimes. <laughs> it, sometimes sharks just have an oral fixation; they got to work it out. This this makes me think. For some of our listeners, or at least some Zelda fans, uh. They've never experienced a delay anything like this. Oh, no. No. Absolutely not. Because they were brought on by Breath of the Wild. Can we speak as to the scale of this delay compared to other delays in the past? I think that this is the longest time between two mainline entries in the Zelda franchise, period. That's correct. It gets longer every time. Um, I guess the emotional equivalent of this delay for for my age was uh, Twilight Princess. Yes, that 2004 game announcement where it was going to come out in 2005 and then it didn't. Ouch. Ouch. But then you got to play it with motion controls and the pointer was much better for using the bow. Oh, but that was the controversy. It was like, this game was ready to go, but they delayed it for the motion controls. Oh, that happened again with Breath of the Wild, didn't it? Yeah. But for, for people who came in to the series with Breath of the Wild, which... Just statistically, has to be a pretty significant number. Yep. This this is their first delay of this kind. Period. Do we think it's similarly prompted by a hardware reason? Okay, because the original bet that Crystal made, if I recall, Crystal, you said that Breath of the Wild two would come out alongside the Switch two. Yeah, I, I rescind that. Oh, okay. The Switch two isn't real yet. No. No, it's not anytime soon. Because of all of the production problems. But do we think it's um, I mean that's yeah. Do we think it's spring 2013, 2023 real? Um I believe that, yes. Yeah, I think that if they they've given a much more narrow window than a year. The year was always the hinkiest possible way for them to lay this down, and they were only ever aiming for 2022, but spring 2023 that, that's an actual window that they're going to try to hit really hard. 
they could they could delay it again. They could, but I think this is going to be the one. March? Shit, I don't know. Are you trying to get another bet going? No. I was just thinking um, of when we see the next trailer, will it have a, an actual concrete date on it? I, I I think probably more May. I don't think they're... I think the, the Switch is busy. Switch is getting video games. I don't think they're feeling the fiscal pressure to get it in the fiscal year. It, they've got a lot of video games this year. Too many, honestly. Too many Pokemon. Two Pokemon is too, too many. I'm so tired. There are at least, at least one three Pokemon games in a 365-day time span. Pokemon, Diamond and Pearl, and then Arceus, and then uh-huh. Uh-huh. Scarlet and Violet. My friends, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. If you're seven years old, it's never been a better time to be into Pokemon. It's true. There has never been a better time to be seven years old playing Nintendo games. Like, we got Splatoon coming. We got a Zelda thing that maybe you're old enough to get into now. I don't know. There's a chance of a new Mario coming sometime next year. Mario would be They released two Splatoon games in between the Zeldas. They released two Splatoon games between the Zeldas. My God. And a Metroid. And a, me- and and a Metro- Metroid. They released Metroid Me- 5. They released Metroid Dread between these two Zelda games. Oh, when you put it that way, it sounds incredible. Has there ever been a May release of a big game from Nintendo? They don't care. They do not care. I mean, there had never been a really Mario Galaxy 2? I think that might have been June or July, but like May is pretty close to when Mario Kart 8 Deluxe came out. And that's, do you mind? And that's getting pretty close to being the biggest Nintendo game, period. Crystal's always right. May 23rd, 2010, Super Mario Galaxy 2. Damn. One more tick for the Crystal's always right column. (laughs) It must be a serious burden being right that often. It's my curse. Okay. 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 Shall we look at the the clip? I can't say trailer. Yeah, let's look at these uh, five frames. We've already been recording for 10 minutes. (laughs) Splatoon, May 2015. Splatoon, May 2015. Yeah, May is quite possible. March is what I would expect, but you're right. Nintendo doesn't hold itself to anything. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe came out on April 28th of 2017, so I missed that one by a couple days. Cameron, unfortunately, and unlike Crystal, is not always right. I don't keep these dates in my head. (laughs) Okay, Crystal, I sent you a link to the trailer in line. Yeah, I I got it up. Okay. After Mr. Anuma apologizes, he says, as previously announced, the adventure in the sequel will take place not just on the ground as in the previous game, but also in the skies above. However, the expanded world goes beyond that, and there will be an even wider variety of features you can enjoy, including new encounters and new gameplay elements. And mm-hmm. the the scope in which he says that, that's uh, just those last two sentences. That's no one sentence. No, half of one sentence. Basically, 53 seconds. We get a shot of Link. We get to see his face. It that's is, the big thing. It is Link. It's not Skyward Sword Link with his very distinctive face. It's uh, Breath of the Wild. Link. I mean, how could you tell? What do you mean? They got the same face. A little different. They look the same. This is, th- But this is like the, the Breath of the Wild look. He's got that particular mascara that only Breath of the Wild Link has. Okay. Look, his eye makeup game is the one part of Link you can always tell apart. Same haircut? Yeah, he's got the haircut, but his hair's down, of course, flowing in the wind beautifully. Yeah, they got some wind going. 
Uh, getting your hair flowing like that, that's almost as complicated as skirt physics. It really does indicate it's the wind will be important or traveling in the air, I guess. That makes sense. Link sure is talking to a golden orb in this shot with a golden light in his hand, his right hand, which is his arm that was either corrupted or removed by the malice. What do we think about the the goldenness? Yeah, Crystal, what do you make of it? Um, It looks to be some sort of thing in the sky that is used to repair the Master Sword. It does seem like he's talking to... So do you think he's talking to his hand or to the, to the golden orb itself? Oh, it could be a wife arm. His wife could be in his arm. <laughs> because when you keep going... The corona coming off of his hand is very much like the corona that comes off of Zelda when she's using her uh, sacred power. Yeah, it's almost it's brighter than the larger glowy or yellow bit. Like you can see it when he pulls out the Master Sword. Well, the other thing is that when he pulls out the Master Sword, he looks behind him at something into the camera, but then just I, looks back like there wasn't anything there. I think he's meant to sort of be looking at the hilt of the Master Sword, but also at us, the player, because he's so pretty. To me, it looks like a, like a cut, like we're missing something. Like there could be somebody he's conferring with just behind him? Yes, but then they didn't include that part of the cutscene. That's very possible. I don't know. The transition from him putting his hand onto the hilt to pulling the hilt out is very smooth. So if we'll that again. if that is meant to like trick us, it's being done very deftly. I don't think it's even meant to trick us per se. It's just uh, this is the most convenient way to both show his face and show his arm. I missed the glowy part on his hand the first time I watched it. Right. To me, I think going going very very theory wild here. Okay, here we go. <laughs> the 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 glowing spot on his arm is. Communication with Zelda, wherever she is. I don't think she's wife arm, or however that's termed. I think it's just she's elsewhere, and because she is very tech savvy, she is applying her Triforce ability to to set up a mode of communication between them. What's your take on the light, Crystal? Now I'm just thinking about what Zelda built Iron Man armor. Like she's flying around in Guardian armor that she built, shooting lasers at all the guys. Uh-huh. I mean, that'd be super sick. Yeah. Wait, Crystal, yeah, are you- But I agree that um, if Zelda is communicating remotely, it would make sense that she has built up some sort of Triforce Wi-Fi that can connect to Link's arm. But it seems like the, the arm itself is interfacing with the glowing orb before him. That does seem to be the case. Or maybe the Master Sword is, because when Link pulls the Master Sword here, it is um, glowing- the same that it does when it is infused with power to fight the malice. But couldn't that just be that he's activated the full Master Sword? Also, this is after Breath of the Wild. We, we haven't talked about this at all. Um, the Master Sword has been obliterated. We were getting there. <laughs> it's been corroded. It is badly corroded. There's like two layers of corrosion. One where it looks like it's rusted, but it's like a gray-green rust. And then the core beneath it, which looks almost burned and hollowed out, pitted. I know exactly what caused this. Okay. It would Ted, be like, the corrosive enzymes in Ganon's spit when he chewed the Master Sword. He just put it in his big old mouth and chewed on it. Just bit it in half. He's gotten a lot stronger, if so. 
I mean, I think that it's very like, I, I see it as being like he just grabs it and the malice flows out of his hand and it's so powerful it shatters the Master Sword. To me, looking at this pattern on there, though, it looks it looks old and, and broken, but also a little bit deliberate in that the holes and then the gray, greeny bits are sort of like she could, um, the shrine designs. Or the guardian designs. Or the guardian designs. That sort of flowing circle look. Yep. What do you make of that, Crystal? I Yeah, it almost looks like maybe there was malice running up it, and then it got, like, cauterized by the Sheikah in the same way Link's arm did. Yes, I'd agree. Some serious shit goes down at the start of that game. <laughs> so, so if this is Star Wars... <laughs> oh, no. And I can't remember George Lucas's math, but Anakin losing his limbs meant he lost a certain Medichlorian count. Yeah, like half. Half mm-hmm. of them, because half of his limbs... All of his limbs. That makes what sense, is, yeah. Applying this towards the Master Sword and it's lost like a half of its blade and it's just most of Link's right arm. What if we make of this? What? Link has lost his right arm. I'm not seeing the link between this and Metachlorians. It, the Master Sword is an extension of the hero. Yeah. His force, if you will. Okay. It's been cut by like half. I'm dying. So it's only half as strong. Because Link's only half as strong. Because the Master Sword is a reflection of Link. Uh-huh. Yeah. I have to lie down. How do you, I, how do you think Fee's doing? Um, well, it's glowing, and we can't hear here, but I mean, it, it would, if, if we could hear the little Fee, tr- Fi, Fee, Fi, if we could hear her trilling, that would be nice. Um, I don't know. I, I think she's in a bad way. But she's still there. She's still there. That glow is still there, so she's still there. That's how I seize it. Now, she did say that Demise would uh, uh, be slowly destroyed within the Master Sword over thousands of years. I have heard people suggesting that the Master Sword being broken means Demise has been released. She also said that about herself, and she's still around. True. Though, didn't we come up with an explanation whereby the Phi of a different timeline never went to sleep? Oh, that's true. (laughs) Do we think this is tied into Demise? I know. His silhouette was in the first trailer. Wasn't that still just Ganondorf, though? It looked a lot like Demise. I'm going to... Okay, okay. Crystal, let's hear it. Is this going to be Demise? Let's run a side bet here. Well, no, new bet, since our old bet got obliterated. I mean, I don't want it to be Demise, but that's what that's what they do. Okay, so we're down for Crystal saying this is Demise. Monica? It is not. Okay. I'm drawing a line here. Oh, you're taking a principled sand against Demise, willing it out of it's, existence. It's not even just that, but it's just like when people go, well, why didn't Medley come back? It's like, they, they don't touch upon characters like that. Certain characters return, others don't. just don't. Yeah. Okay. And I'll put myself down as no shot. Maybe something to do with the malice of that old will come up. Maybe the malice that is the source of Demise or something will come up. But there is no chance that they're going to have a game with Ganondorf in it where he plays second fiddle to another villain on any level. But what if just because Demise is there doesn't mean he's playing second fiddle. What if there's Demise and then it's eaten by Ganon? I'm still going to say no. Hell yeah. Still going to say no shot. To me, part of my principled stance is also just that if Demise... It was in there and did get out. That would imply that the Master Sword had that, I'm not going to say impurity, corruption. It is impurity. 
It's literally an impurity. It's got this bad stuff in it that couldn't be removed from it, and it was there for all of the other games. Like 20,000 years or however long. Right. Through all of the other games in which we have this Master Sword. Right. Which evil could not touch. And I just, that's a principle, Stan. That, that's weird to me. Well, what if uh, Demise's presence is sort of like uh, like a dead virus that lets the Master Sword create anti-evil antibodies based on Demise, the source of all monsters? I was actually just having that thought. That is an explanation that they could use. Explain it to me again. So, so Demise's th- presence, because all evil is patterned on Demise, mm. him being there lets the Master Sword like calibrate itself um, to be anti-monster and anti-Demise in the way that your body can make antibodies when you're injected with a dead virus. So, so Demise is the spike protein. Yes. I could definitely see it being the case that like Demise is gone, but the malice that he basically melted into is still in there. And it's like the extra juice that Ganon needs to get rejuvenated. So he breaks the master sword open to get at it. Cracks it open like a, like a crab leg and slurps it out. Yeah. Yes. You're, you're, you're really, you're really centering on these food visuals here. (laughs) Do we think that Link's arm will get more normal or Demechanized as we repair the the master sword. I hope not. I don't think so because I bet they have mechanics tied to the arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know that they have the reverse time thing tied to it at least, and probably if, if, if Link gets a grappling hook in there, then that's that's simply the best video game. Yeah, the Link's ability to fly into the air and pass through objects is already uh, seems to also be tied to his arm. And I don't, I don't know. So it's a Sheikah slate? Kind of. Yeah. You're thinking that the ending could still give him his arm back. I don't know. You kind of just want him to have his arm back. No, I'm, I'm just, again, tying the sword to the arm. Well, ver- very possibly. But it's a very cool arm. And the tattooing. Do we think that Zelda's dead? No. Because, I mean, that was, that was um, I, I'm pretty sure it's on record. Book of Medora, number, some kind of number. Um where at least one of us, uh, no one knows who, went on record as saying that Zelda definitely dies when she falls down that chasm. I did say that. But if she <laughs> died, then she's still around as a ghost. Okay. Because you mentioned you're thinking about Zelda making Iron Man armor. Uh-huh. Okay, so so, so we're, gen- we're generally agreed Zelda's probably not dead. But dead she's is not such really a, dead, at least. Dead is a very wide range. There's dead, like, out of the picture entirely, not communicating... Which I would also equate to turned into statue. Okay, so do we think Zelda is in a pink crystal in Ganon's lair right now? It's that possible. could be possible. That's possible. That's worryingly possible. So is the ghost possibility. Yes, it is Nintendo still. But the fact that we're seeing this communication through Link's arm using the corona of Zelda's power, does that imply that Zelda's still, as they say, on the loose? It makes me hopeful. And it, it, it sort of implies that she's got her power at the moment. Yeah, she still has her Triforce powers. That's That's different. That's different from the end of Breath of the Wild. Oh, you mean her actual... Her actual powers. powers. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm I'm starting to come around to that she's probably in the arm. Oh, no. okay. You're, 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 you're faced with two paths, and the dark, scary castle is daring to hope that 
Zelda is playable and the nicer castle is, you know what? She's probably just in the arm. <laughs> and she can like project out of it to make a hologram that looks like Zelda. What if you just tunnel through the arm and then you play as Zelda on the other side with Link? To- well, Link's not going to talk. No, but that actually tunneling back and forth between them. Yeah, that's a that's a cool idea. I don't know if they would. Okay, does this trailer shift the probability of Zelda being, we'll say, significant to the plot of the story? No, it only shifts our thought perceptions. Yes, I'm saying that. Uh, I, when I say the probability, I mean our estimations rather than an objective probability. I think I don't think anything in this trailer says one way or another anything about Zelda. Okay. I think that if you track between all of the trailers or clips that have been released, the first one made people very, very hopeful that there would be playable Zelda yeah. alongside Link. That's true. Uh, well, or not, maybe not alongside Link, but that there would be a split. She no. did fall down a chasm. I guess some people, yeah, there was an interpretation that she would just be out of the picture. Somebody on the Book of Medora, I don't know who did come away from that trailer going, ah, she's dead. I do agree. I think it was Crystal. No, I'm I'm Uh, being facetious. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed that. It's okay. Don't worry about it. it Another time. Uh, Looking at the shot again, I think maybe the way this scene could be going is Link turns around because he hears a voice behind him. Then he realizes the voice is coming from the sword. Like he hears five. Ah, yeah. Yes. Okay. I agree. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's still very strongly glowing. Yes, absolutely. The sword's still fine. Uh, I mean, it's not fine what, what in this the moment. Orb? Yeah, what is what the is orb? What is the orb before Link? It's What's not orb? Any, It's not any of the colors of the creator gods. No. Gold is typically the color of Hylia and the Triforce. Mm-hmm. That's right. What do you make of it, Crystal? Um... It does remind me of the Divine Flames, even though it's not a fire. Okay. It's a a Triforce Orb to reclaim the power of the Triforce. Yeah, okay, sure. Because Zelda scattered it? I mean, it could also be, like, it's got little sparkles falling from it. I wonder if that means anything. Like, sparkles falling off of it is something that I associate with fairies. Big golden fairy. Something like that, maybe. I don't know. Um, The powers that we've seen Link use so far in the trailers... They're all goldenish, right? Um, well, the, the the ability to pass through objects is green. Okay. What about the time one? I think that one's golden. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I think that we've mined about as much as we can me- meaningfully mine out of these five seconds of footage. We, we got, got 30, thirty minutes, just like Monica said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we sure did. I, I guess the easiest thing to do will be to tack this on to the end of the last episode. God, I need to get my MP3 collection back so I can stick some Zelda music on here. When do you think we'll see the next trailer? Uh, E3's canceled, so they I mean, could still do a video. They could, yeah. Nintendo's never cared about whether or not E3 is there. They did a June showcase last year. Did they show Zelda at that June showcase? They sure did. They sure did. Which trailer was that? That was the one with the time rewind, I think. Okay. And where we saw everything happening in the sky. Was there- in Elden Ring, you can go to an area where the shines, where the the sky shines gold, not blue. Really? Yeah. Is the Triforce there? Um, shards of the Elden Ring are there. That's pretty much the same thing in that setting, right? Yeah, Queen America is basically Hylia. Okay. Okay. How is LD or LD going? Also, Radagon's basically Ganon, but nice. Eh, 
or more moral than Ganon. You said good. Yeah. Ga- Ganon, if he was good. Yeah, sure. But that's what you said. Yeah, that's, that's what I said. Oh, okay. I take it that the the veneer has fallen off some. Eradagon's a complicated figure. Uh, oh, <laughs> in a FromSoft game, that's very bad. That, that's like being a complicated figure in Berserk. That means you can't let the kids read what this one has done. Dark Souls has always been a sequel to Zelda, but Elden Ring is the most Zelda of the Dark Souls games. That's very interesting. How's the game going for you? Um, I think I've played uh, over 100 hours and maybe like two-thirds done. That's that's a hell of a video game. Maybe closer to three quarters. That That's a lot of video. Are you going for a full completion? No. You're just kind of wandering around doing as you please? Uh-huh, yeah. That's the, that's the best way to play it. It's a it's really big. What level are you, if you can recall? Uh 125. Oh, okay. That sounds pretty high. It's pretty like high. That's, that's a level that's like I think you'd usually be about that level when you're beating the DLC and most other FromSoft games I've played. That's right. I really like Link's outfit. It he is looks cozy. Cozy. Cozy? That's not the word I would use, but it is very cool looking. The green sash thing with the triangles at the bottom. It's a look. Yes. And the fang belt. It looks like it's made of teeth. That's also Where true. Where do you think he got this outfit? He just, woke up in it. I just don't know. Did Raru give him this one? After Raru taught Ganon how to be stronger than the Master Sword with his big manly arms? After he was shunted to the sky, Link woke up in this outfit. Hmm. I don't it know. Just, it it's It seems distinct in a way where I feel like there's a scene where he's going to wake up and he's in the care of some village, and they give him this outfit. That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'm really curious how the intro of this game is going to play out, because it can't be like the Great Plateau again, right? But it should be, because the Great Plateau was perfect. You start off, and it's all Zelda. Like Zelda's playable, but only for the first five minutes. Uh, through the Great Plateau, at least. Yeah, great. I think you start off underground, and there's tutorials in there. That would so make sense. going to be like Link. Use your ice to freeze the water so we can get over. Wouldn't that be a pain in the ass if they made you go through all these Sheikah Slate tutorials and then took the Sheikah Slate away from you? <laughs> but you the have Sheik- it in your arm. I don't think you can use the... Sh- oh, maybe you can still use the Sheikah Slate powers. Though, also, maybe Zelda has the Sheikah Slate. I can, I can feel... I can see it on Monica's face, and I can feel it over the connection that neither of you two want to invite that possibility into your hearts. I'm not ready oh. yet. It's not going to happen. <laughs> you know what? That's fair enough. I would sooner believe that the slate registers that Link has lost an arm and just melds itself. And that's the slate. Okay. You know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. When when you take pictures, is Link going to like hold his palm up and then like close it to snap? <laughs> I think that uh, for a a full party shot, he can detach it. It'll float away. He just pulls his arm <laughs> off. Yes, it'll float away, and then it'll count down using the fingers. No, he's taking, like, MySpace selfies with Zelda. But can you imagine the the fingers counting down for when the flash... Oh, that's actually really good, yeah. Maybe he'll have the Metal Gear Solid V move of shooting his arm like a rocket at enemies. Yes, the the rocket punch established in Metal Gear Solid V. That's right. And that was inspired by Capcom's classic game, Never Dead, where you can throw your limbs. Itself, pro- wait, when did Never Dead come out? Was that 2012. 
Okay, that also inspired by Stubbs the zombie. Exactly. What if Link just gets more and more mechanical? That'd be cool. Now we're talking. That, <laughs> that's why. That's a wild idea. That's very possible, I guess. Like, as he heals the Master Sword, it takes him through trials that still result in him losing more of himself over time. Yeah, it becomes more, more like, like a, a golem-ish. I don't mean in terms of, like, golem brain, but, like, you've, you've augmented your body. You, you mean, like, um, transhumanism? Like, yes. It, he's a cyborg. He yes. becomes the Robocop. Uh-huh. He never asked for this. He never asked for this. Okay. Okay, seriously, though, I think we've reached our limit. Yeah. We just squeezed another ten minutes out. <laughs> We're just talking in circles now. Okay. So, well, there's no outro to this because it's part of another episode. That's right. So, we've already had our joke. We've already done all of our stuff. We all love you very much. Uh-huh. And God willing, we'll see we'll get we'll get more Zelda stuff. Crystal, have you started Metroid Dread yet? Yes. That's a very, very nervous yes. I did get killed by the bird. Oh, <gasps> you got that far? No, at the beginning when Samus gets killed by the bird. Oh, okay, yeah. That you you, you did get past the intro sequence then. I was gonna say there's a few yes. birds. <laughs> yeah, there are some birds. The 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 mean one. Yeah, the mean one. That that, the mean that, one that's also a man. That MF, yeah. Big bad bird daddy, I believe, is what I called him before the game came out. There's a lot of shirtless bird photos. Yeah. Uh, they really love the idea of how hot that Chozo general would be with the armor off. But that's for our other series. Completely separate from this series. We'll see y'all next time on the Book of Aurora Metroid Other M episode. No! Dread. We'll see. We will see. Bye. Bye. Bye.